Okay, so I am interviewing Joe Covenant Lamb. Yay! In Scotland. Yay! Sorry. I'm Mick. Uh, yay! I'm, <laughs> I'm told he's there now, although I'm haven't actually seen documentary evidence that the place even exists. Well, no, you sent me some pictures. Exactly, uh, yes. And I've just oh, put yeah. pictures up on my Facebook being up the hill with my friends beating each other with latex weaponry, so you can't say that. But what's latex weaponry? <laughs> and if listen, listen, everybody, listen, listen. You hear that? That was a haggis out in the fields. <laughs> The, the, there's actually it's it's almost time for the haggis culls so there's there's so many of them just now is that what their mating cry no no well I hope not because if they are then I'm in big trouble next time I set foot <laughs> the door so. and uh, you jumped in I think I must have seen a video or something like that but you jumped in to uh, volunteer to to actually not sing but speak a vocal track for for Skullcrusher Mountain. You did sing, you did sing too, but I thought it was kind of funny because I had both, and I was like, you know, the, the spoken one is so funny, and so it uh, has had such a great uh, resonance to it that I wanted to use at least part of it. Anyway, so uh, I had never mixed a song. The only song, I had some gear that I had picked up, um, I didn't really know how to use very well, but the only song I had ever attempted to mix was uh, some really goofy tracks in um, the living room of my old apartment. And uh, you gave me a lot of coaching and feedback on the various mixes endlessly until I was ready to tear my hair out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the the feedback went like this. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, this, so... Uh, I kind of I kept trying to please everyone and and wound up pleasing no one, especially myself. <laughs> so, anyway, so uh, tell me, uh, tell me your life story, <laughs> if you'd like to. Uh, I'm introducing. Uh, I may have some podcast listeners, two or three of them, and uh, they're probably not so familiar with who you are and and your work, and might like to hear something about it. I was. I was born in 1857, which was a pretty good year, because it was very, very close to uh, 527, which is quite interesting for those of you who understand the 24-hour clock. And of course, when I was born, I rapidly aged, rapidly, roughly one day every 24 hours. Yearly, I would have a birthday, which meant that the increments of my life would be counted in increments of one. Of course, I didn't start at one because that would have been foolish. I had to actually live through my first what we call years, and and then I became one year old, and then proceeded to two, then three. I moved swiftly on to four, five, seven... And then went back, no, I went back to do six. And then eight to twelve went quite swiftly. Although they did take four years to complete. After twelve, everything became a bit of a blur until this time last Wednesday. So there isn't really much more I can tell you. <laughs> I was going to say, that voice is reminding me, I was looking up 
some old early Peter Gabriel Genesis tracks uh, and video on YouTube. And I had never seen early Genesis uh, or heard much early Genesis. I think I heard... Um, I'm, I am so, honestly, I'm so actually envious of you at the moment because you've got all this stuff to discover. <laughs> I, I know it backwards. And you yeah. know, knowing it backwards, I still adore it. But you've still got to discover some of this I stuff. do have some to discover. But I have you to say, lucky, wa lucky watching bugger. Peter Gabriel in his um, foppish Elizabethan hat... I was both kind of fascinated by the music and uh, and giggling <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> well, it was it was neat to see. Um, I'm I'm kind of brain damaged. I think I've just had Peter a stroke. Gabriel, Phil Collins, Mike Phil Collins. <laughs> <laughs> It was no, just, just that guy, the, that, that, that obscure, that obscure musician who never really made it in the states. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's Phil Collins played it was, for Genesis, then just kind of vanished. Disappeared. <laughs> it was good to see Phil Collins with hair and a big beard. Would, would that you was believe funny. that Phil Collins? Phil Collins actually put out a solo record. Um, it was called In the Air Tonight, but nothing ever came of it. You know, it's, yeah, because I, I, I thought it was quite good. Yeah. But, yeah. It was sort of a perfume reviews cologne, and you know, <laughs> it, it kind of made it made it to the the back pages of NME. But after that, it was like nothing. You know. Yeah. So so I am I'm digging into old Genesis. When I was there were four albums. Okay, so when I was sixteen, this is going back to the previous century. Um, going back to the prehistoric almost. There was uh, there, I got four tapes in the mail from my dad mm -hmm. uh, he didn't live with us he hadn't spent a lot of time with me and he didn't know modern music much so he asked some record store clerk who suggested why don't you try these four and the four cassettes were The Fix uh, Reach the Beach which was an album that I played until the tape wore out um, Genesis Abacab which I just loved, and Loverboy. I forget which one. Loverboy? Yeah, it was one of two, which I uh, kind of liked. I liked uh, Turn Me Loose, and I liked sort of the bluesy guitar, which wasn't really original to them, you know. But um, but I, it was something, because they, it was just blues rock, it was something that I could play. I could play along with it and jam on the blues scale and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, there was one more, and I don't remember for sure which album it was, but it was Air Supply. <laughs> so I utterly failed to wear out the Air Supply cassette. It's probably still somewhere in a dump in pristine... <laughs> in the original wrapper. <laughs> ...sparkling. <laughs> I mean, no, I, I did listen to it, but that stuff was getting so much airplay. They, uh, yeah, they were, I just, that sappy power ballad thing. There were a lot of bands doing, doing the sappy power ballad. Um, some I liked better than others. Journey I could tolerate, but, um, listening to the radio a lot, these things just got old. Um, and I burned out on Genesis too. Genesis was, were huge on the radio once they hit, uh, Abacab, uh, and some, a couple songs from Duke, um, no reply at all was huge. Abacab so. is actually where uh, the old Genesis fan 
went. <laughs> but that said, that there are not. I mean, Abacab. I've got to admit, you know, like I said, I I I own everything that Genesis Genesis put out, and Abacab cer- certainly not one of my favourites. But the one was it after that or before Abacab? I think it was. I can't remember. But it was the their self-titled album. It was just called Genesis. The one with the yellow cover. I and think the, that. The blocks the, on the blocks. The I think that was next. Yeah. yeah. Whereas that was that was you know still similar in style. I actually thought that was where they started to find their feet properly for that kind of music. Yeah, it's just sort of it's sort of a, a odd crossover between progressive rock and pop, and and some uh, the songs I like on it the most probably aren't the ones that uh, most people like. I like um, Dodo slash Lurker. Quite a bit. I'll have to drop. Have you had sub? Have you had submarine? That's on. That's a B side from like the uh, the original that was. I think you yes. can get it elsewhere, but no, it's not on the current release. So no, I haven't heard that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to track it down. I know. I, looking on Wikipedia, I know there's several B sides from each of these albums in sequence, and they came out like on the backs of singles and whatnot. But um, you can, I can probably find him somewhere. Sure. Um, but I I did enjoy Genesis quite a bit, and I enjoyed Abacab. And I've been playing uh, Duchess from Duke downstairs on the big PA speakers. And oh, love Duchess. The kids. I love the the bass pedal that comes on on that. Yeah, it's a beautiful song. The, oh, oh, it's gorgeous. I really I, I adore Duchess. The kids are I mean, are dancing to that. It's pretty funny. <laughs> anyway, moving right along. Moving right along. So, uh, you were. Uh, do you want to talk about your uh, your distant past, your uh, abandonment in a, oh, a basket in the river, and uh, all that? You know, the <laughs> being taken yes, home, the, raised by sheep, and you know the the usual sheep and wolves. It was a very interesting childhood. <laughs> Were some of them wolves in sheep's clothing, or no? But some of, some of them wolves. were sheep in wolves' clothing, which oh, was unusual. Interesting, and that kind of set me up for the rest of my life to look at things just slightly more askance. You know? Yeah, I see, uh, I see that. <laughs> so, your background in in um, theatre and music—do you want to talk about that at all? I performed my first live performance when I was. Uh, sorry, I'll, re- I'll rephrase that. My first professional live performance when I was five years old. Uh, My mother and father have all, well, were uh, always a part of, I don't know what it's just called over here, the the pub scene. It's like, you know, because pubs in those days had regular nights where people would just get up and sing. They'd, you know, some people would bring uh, instruments. Sometimes they would have a band. A lot of pubs had a an actual, you know, like a regular band, but other people would get up and sing with the band. They had a house uh, band and, and like an open yeah, mic, open basically, mic yeah. thing. That is and so, it's so rare now to see that. Even cafes that run musical events, they're very structured and you you don't see very many venues that have jams, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. some, I guess some, some do, but they, it doesn't seem to have a very organic feel, you know what I mean? No. 
Well, so. that's that's where I did my first professional gig because I was asked to go up and sing, and I went up and I sung a couple of songs, and I got half a crown, which was two <laughs> shillings, two shillings and sixpence, or twelve new pence, uh, as it was uh, later on, which is probably something along the lines of forty to fifty cents. Well, nowadays infl- inflation, you know. <laughs> yes. But, you know, at the time, two and six was a lot of money. You could get a hell of a lot with two and six, and I was only five. <laughs> so um, what I got with my two and six was nothing. <laughs> Let me guess, your parents uh, eventually took all your money, and when you they, were they a child looked after star, it for they, me. They, yeah. they looked after my money for me. So later, when my career crashed and burned, I was left with nothing except my <laughs> talent and my memories. Which isn't true, because I have very few childhood (laughs) memories, which is why it's always difficult trying to talk to me about my childhood. (laughs) I've noticed that seems to happen a lot. I have very few, I think. Is that a matter of... uh, Is that a siren happening on your end or my end? Nope, I'm I'm hearing it coming through from you. Oh. I went, oh, are they just late? They were going to test the tornado warning sirens today. Is that what it is? It might be, although I think that was supposed to be like uh, five, six hours ago. Anyway, it could be. Ooh. Who knows? I just, I just had it fading away there, I, so it must have been. I doubt if we're having an actual tornado in, in um, March, although, you know, things have changed. <laughs> you, you never can tell. You never can tell. Yeah. So, yeah, um, very few children made it to all the way through school. Uh, was part of, you know, any little acting things that were going on. I used to, I actually used to be forced to go from classroom to classroom. And when I was at school, that was like 14 classes because there were two classrooms for every year. And there was primary one to primary seven in what we call primary school. You start there when you're five and you leave when you're about 12-ish. And... I used to be forced to go from class to class singing. Seriously, you know, just just a, and uh, we'll, we'll 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 get that we'll get that wee Joseph Lamb to come in and he'll maybe sing us a couple of songs and we we'll, we'll be able to mark our quizzes or whatever the hell teachers did. When you to do oh, you were keeping them distracted. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, oh, singing that's... a singing some kind of song. I, I couldn't even tell you what I used to say. I used to sing Kenny Rogers Ruby. You're kidding. No, because that was one of my dad's songs. Wow. So, you know, like when I, I, was, I was like, you know, eight, eight years old, and I could sing, You've been up your lips and rolled and curled your tin <laughs> And you had no idea what the song was about. Not a clue. Not Ruby, a clue. Don't, don't take your love to town. Yes, I had what? no idea what it meant. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, and, you know, they're like, it's hard love, man whose legs are bent and paralyzed. Oh, and they won't God. stem the needs of a woman your age, Ruby, I realize. <laughs> I'm eight! I'm eight years old and I'm singing uh, this! <laughs> that's hilarious. Now, I remember my, my stepfather was a big Kenny Rogers fan, and I had his Greatest Hits album, and we played that quite a bit. Although we like to change the lyrics, uh-huh. uh, so instead of... Um, and Lucille, you picked a fine time to leave me, Lucille. Instead of uh, four hungry children and a crop in the field, it was four hundred children and a crap in the field. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
until until I, I'm sure for the first six months or so, I used to sing that line from Ruby. Instead of, and they won't stem the needs of a woman your age, I used to sing, and they won't bend the knees of a woman your age. <laughs> <laughs> Which in some ways is worse. <laughs> yeah. you got to watch that. Oh, it's bending. funny. It's really funny. Um, but uh, even, even beyond that, even beyond, you know, like Kenny Rogers, Hank Snow. I know the When Tragedy Struck album backwards. <laughs> My dad was, is that a, oh, is that a, while I'm handing you this letter aged in black, it's got, it's got a brilliant song. Uh, my father was a drunker. He beat me because I would not steal. <laughs> wow. And, uh, there's this really jangly song about, <laughs> I'm just here to get my baby out of jail. And the last line is, <laughs> the last line is, <laughs> was it in the arms of her darling boy? I can't remember. In the arms of in the arms of her baby boy, she died. <laughs> That's the last God. line of the song. Billy Conley actually makes reference to that very same album in one of his sketches. And it's like, you know, all, all the stuff that's full of death and destruction and you play them and the blood is pouring out of the record player. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so when he, you... So You've do people got to find in your, that. <laughs> were you in the same in the same community? You grew up in the same. Did you stay in the same community? Did people from that school later know you as as the little singing kid? Basically, yeah, I, I was the little singing kid. If that's if that's for me, I'm not here. Okay. <laughs> Hang on, just one. Let me see. We now bring you a slight interlude during this Paul's podcast while he is terribly rude and goes to answer the phone to another person, rather I'm not than I'm allowing not it. the machine to take it as any person <laughs> with a modicum of manners would. Uh, it sounds like Paul has come back now, so uh, let's head back over usually, to Paul R. Potts, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, yes. Thank you, thank you. Usually what happens is it's someone trying to get in touch desperately with Grace because she's gone and made herself two hours late for something urgent the way she sometimes does. Uh so they eventually get around to calling me, and I have to say, huh, have you tried calling Grace? And we find out, no, she didn't actually take her cell phone with her, or if she took it, she didn't charge it. So anyway. but That's a great excuse. I know, but I didn't answer it. I was just looking to see who it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's I have really nothing more nothing to say if they can't get in touch with Grace, and then neither can I. <laughs> So. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry for the for the interruption. Um, I can't think through phone ringing anyway. But uh, it's all right. Don't don't worry. I, I filled in, Paul. I filled you in. Did, you did. You did. Admirably. So you were known. So you have yeah, I, I was people people that, in your community who re, who kid. remember you as as the little singing kid. Uh yeah. Although to be perfectly frank, um, no, actually, I'll just I'll just be Joe. Um, there were very, very few people from my growing up who I know anything about anymore, quite honestly. It was like the entire world vanished when I turned 18. 
uh, and when you on. left, when you left, yeah, school. you know, left school, went on to further education, did computing, did uh, management courses, did uh, drama courses. Actually, went to work for four years in Carnoustie, even though I still stayed in Dundee. Um, mm. And it was like, so you know, yeah, I, I am only still in touch with one person from everyone that I knew at school, which to be honest, you know, that, it, it doesn't bother me that much because I'm kind of an antisocial bugger, really. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can sympathize because I made pretty much a clean split from high school and didn't look back <clears throat> for many yeah. years. And I didn't go to reunions or even uh, get in contact with anyone. And I think they just had their 25-year reunion last summer, and I was not able to go. So uh, the only way I know the people now are a whole number of people have found me on Facebook, and I think it's mostly because I had a funny name. You know, they remembered my name <laughs> more than who I was. Yeah. But uh, I so I was not close with a lot of people, but I, you know, I was slightly close with some people. Yeah. So... But no, I, I can understand that. And uh, <clears throat> so you, um, so what happened next, Joe? <laughs> <laughs> well, Paul, so you, um, what happened from that point was that I moved into the realms of, and I'm almost loath to admit this to the general public, I moved into the field of amateur musical theater. Uh, which oh was, really? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what I what I what I know so far is comes mainly from seeing video clips of you singing with a bar band. Oh, that 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 was not amateur musical theater. That was uh, no. That was actually my band. Um, but we'll get to them because they're much later. I was. Oh, much later. Oh yeah, okay. I was. Part, I've been part of. Uh, Occasional. I'm trying to ignore the phone as well, but it's kind of weird because it sounds like a harmonica from here. <laughs> um, it, I'll just cut this whole section out. Yeah, yeah. This this will be edited. No, it won't. Yeah, no, it won't. <laughs> if I edit it, it will only be to stick in some probably some music uh -huh. clips. You, you won't edit it because this is where I'll put the secret message. Yes, yes, yes. So um so play that backwards and yeah, unlock this and unlock secret. the secret to the black magic yeah. box. Amateur musical Amateur theater. Musical I'm theater. sorry. I'm so I'm, <laughs> I you know, I thought this time I I won't prepare or write down any questions because you know, it's Joe. We'll just chat and it'll be fun. And it but, is. Uh, it is Paul. It's not it is. It's not going well. It's going exceptionally <laughs> well. You you're worrying too much about it. This is all gold. This is gold, yeah. and constantly referring okay. back to it doesn't help. <laughs> yes. So yes, I'm. I'm just going here. Basically, um, from quite a young age, probably eleven, um, I was always part of you know little local theatre groups that did little local things, and then I moved on to slightly larger groups that did full scale productions of. You know, like the classics, like Forty um, Second Street, uh, Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. Um, you know, oh, oh yeah, yeah. I played Pharaoh in that. Nice. Oh, it was amazing, <laughs> absolutely amazing. And um, the, now, the, there's a funny thing. There is someone uh, who has just suddenly reemerged from the dim distant past. Uh, a very old friend of mine called Elaine 
has just actually resurfaced on Facebook for me on Facebook. The same way that John, my oldest friend ever, resurfaced on Facebook. Um, it, that was very good for me insofar as I did meet an awful lot of people. A lot of people who I'm you know, still quite pleased to call friends whenever I bump into them, which is few and far between, but sometimes you do. Um, and that was really where I kind of honed things, as it were. Um, I kind of got a bit of a name for myself for being a little bit too serious about the acting side. Not from the directors, it has to be said. They were quite pleased, you know, that someone who was coming along to these things actually... Actually took yes, it seriously. who actually wanted to act yeah. as well as just sing and dance and move over here right. in a strange way. Um, right. And then I was actually asked to direct a few shows by other companies... Uh, which was quite interesting. That that was led to a quite f- interesting few years, and then I kind of got bored—not bored. That's the wrong thing to say. I got fed up of a lot of the inner plots of all of that kind of thing. Um, yeah, because you know, because they're all local groups. It's all oh she said oh she said oh we can't do that because they this oh no we can't do that because she that and it's like yeah okay I've had enough of this. Um, so I basically thought, you know what, yeah, that's it. No, no more, no more amateur musical theatre, and that was when I really made the move into purely professional theatre, film, you know, whatever, anything I could get my hands on. Um, <clears throat> and it was actually, yeah, I mean, I, I was working in a textile factory at that point, and four years in a jam factory, a jam, jam factory, a jam factory, yeah. And four years in a textile factory, um, one as a production manager and the other one as a, a again, an, an, a, a production assistant. And they were looking for uh, redundancies for the textile factory. And I thought, you know what, I'm just going to do this because that way I got you know, a nice little sum of money. Yeah. But I was also able to say... Um, they they bought a you know I, I, yes I, here's 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 some money let's go and try the acting if it fails miserably I've still got this little bit to fall back on etc and that was me for the next about fifteen odd years wow uh, working solely in the arts as it were you supported um, your, supported yourself <clears throat> mostly as an actor yes uh, which to be honest was not easy I was poor yeah. uh, most of the time um. But, I bet. Yeah, oh yeah. But, you know, I I did it my way. <laughs> <laughs> if, if the eating beans on toast four times a week is doing it that way, then that's the way I did it. Um, but it was, but, yeah. I, but I was quite happy with that, you know. Because uh, right. I'm, a, I'm right. a very simple living person anyway. I don't drink, I don't smoke. Uh, my only real vice was women. So, you know... <laughs> And they didn't, and they didn't cost anything because I'm not that kind of guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it got to a point where I suddenly realised, you know, I've been working for the same kind of fees now for the past five years. Uh, yeah. Sadly, when it's all very strange. Yeah, <laughs> the, the, the sad <laughs> anyway, thing is, on. the sad thing is, you know, on all so many levels, and it's a wee bit. Of, it's it's still a bit of a touchy subject, but you know, not surprising that the day that it all began to grind, not grind to a halt, but just you know, fell sharply, was 
in a horrendous day in September in 2001. Really? Yes, because the tourist industry, the the bottom fell out of it. And and oh. that's where so, easily 50-60% of my income was coming from, was the tourist industry. So, so what kind of work... Okay, give me an, some ideas um, of what, what kind I of work did, you were doing. What I did a lot of were staged uh, murder mysteries. It wasn't these things where you, you give people, you know, little envelopes and you say, right, here's your character, you be this, here's your character, you be that. We did something quite unique, whereas we went in and we performed through the through the meal, but... This was a dinner, dinner Yes, theater. yes, but every single, you know, everything that we did, it was completely impromptu. There were very rarely, excuse me, any scripted lines. It, what there were... Really? Oh, yeah, yeah. That That's, I mean, it's one thing that I'm quite uh, proud of, so that is, I could walk well, into a room and just blather nonsense to this room and entertain them. You know, because that's so. You do have you do have definitely from even from listening to you talk in this call and other calls, you do have a talent for improv. I've certainly noticed that, <laughs> but, and that's where it comes a from. Skill for improv, yes, and that that is so, where it that comes was, from. But do you, did you do improv comedy, or was this you did whatever? You know, that's probably the only thing that I ever redone is stand up. Yeah, is actual stand-up. Stand I've up done per one stand-up yeah, stint, yeah. and that was for a friend who was hosting an evening in a... This was actually when I was at college. Uh, he was hosting an evening uh, of comedy in some wee bar in Dundee, and he asked me if I'd come along. So I went along, and something like three of the comedians hadn't shown up. <laughs> so so he was desperate. Uh so he asked me if I'd go up and do something. So I went so up and gave them... So there was your, your yeah. big chance. Well, I, no, I mean, I, I didn't see it as a chance at all. I just thought, I'll go up, I'll give them half an hour, and that's it. Because it was it's nothing that I've ever really wanted to do. Although I would stand up and perform other people's stand-up comedy at the drop of a hat. Sure. You know, right. I, I, and, and have done, you know. But yeah. I, it's just it's something that I've never really had an urge to do. Uh Comedic plays, so, absolutely. Comedic songs, so, definitely. But stand-up comedy, not for some reason. Im- improv within some kind of a framework. But. Yeah. So yeah. How, how did your half hour go? It went well enough, yeah. Considering I was you know, talking to people that were, a bunch of people who were probably half my age and mostly drunk, it seemed to go okay. I did not get booed. <laughs> I did not get booed, what? but I also did not get heckled because I got one heckle thrown at me and I burned the guy down and I so wish I could remember what it was because it would make this a much more interesting story. Oh well, <laughs> that's okay. Well, that's cool. That's that's cool. I have <clears throat> thought recently. I've been. I listened to uh, a couple of comedy podcasts, and I, I know I've t- told you an email before. You should listen to uh, Mark Maron's show. Yes, which, and, I, which um, I did. Did you? Yes. Uh, and his his comedy, and also uh, I saw him perform here. He came to Pontiac, Michigan. Um, from sunny Los Angeles, I can't imagine what uh-huh. he was thinking, <laughs> but I'm glad he did. And I also uh, and David Feldman's podcast. And I've been thinking more and more about comedy. I you see me on Twitter, you know, I attempt to write comedy constantly. <laughs> oh, is that what that is? <laughs> Doesn't always pan out, obviously, but. Uh, I have not uh, I have not done stand up but I 
I believe that I'm getting to the point where I could write an hour and, and do 15 minutes, you know. But it wouldn't, yes, but it wouldn't be, it would probably be uh, very political because that's the other side. So, <laughs> so you went from, so you, you supported yourself for an, as an actor yes, for, yes. For, for a while. Things crashed. <clears throat> uh, you, uh, didn't have, you didn't have tourists. Um, pretty much, yes. Uh, and I, I, I struggled on for another few years, for maybe 2004, 2005. I understand um, you would you would uh, put on a uh, you weren't above putting on a Star Trek uniform. <laughs> well, I, that was that was for one of those murder mysteries. Was it really? Yeah, it was. Is a Star it Trek was, based uh, murder? No, no, it wasn't Star Trek based. It was the the premise around this murder mystery was it was an evening for a for want of a better term, Lonely Hearts Club. No, it wasn't even the Lonely Hearts Club. It was a dating agency. It was uh, someone who had arranged, uh, a d- you know, through this dating agency to meet some woman. And what happens is that the person who arranged it is there. The man is there. And he's waiting for the woman to show up. And the woman doesn't show up. But then another guy shows up looking for the same woman. And then another guy shows up looking for the same woman. <laughs> oh dear! So and 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 then it's found out that the woman they are waiting for is in one of the hotel rooms upstairs, dead, with uh, oh. her head her, <laughs> her head looking at the sky while her breasts are pressed against the floor. Oh, um, <clears throat> And it's basically the story is you know why exactly has this happened and you know it must have been one of you. I I had a great line which I used to do all the time. Because we'd get the audience involved, you know. Uh, it's something I always said is I, I have spoken to more beautiful women that I would never have had the courage to even look at before because uh-huh. of murder mysteries and treated them like garbage. <laughs> 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 you women, um, yeah, you're very pretty, but let's see if you've got a brain in there. Um, <laughs> uh, so, what what's your name? Come on, do you, you forget? You know <laughs> that kind of thing. You do you know? have one. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's great what's your, what's your name too quick will I tell you <laughs> and you know they'd say uh, uh, when it came to the end you know like for the uh, says, uh, okay now so um, we've got uh, Susan here Susan uh, what's your first question Susan yes absolutely oh, before they even speak yes absolutely it's 0797 <laughs> one, <laughs> one of them said carry on so I did and she called me oh really <laughs> yes but anyway, move, move, let's let's look into that the seedier aspect of uh, what funny. happens when you when you're an actor. Um, yeah, it's yeah, yeah. and, and uh, that one just happened to be that the 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 character that I played um, was coming to this meeting thinking it was some kind of uh, convention that he was going to meet this person <laughs> at. So everybody else is in suits and ties, and I'm in a, a full TNG uniform with Spock ears and the wrong era phaser. <laughs> oh, not the wrong era phaser. And nobody picked up on it. I thought, oh my God, the are f- none of you geeks? <laughs> oh, the Philistines. Well, the funny thing is, I put the photograph up on TwitPic and within five minutes, somebody said, yes, um, that's the wrong that's phaser. That's the wrong phaser. <laughs> <laughs> and I went, well, yes! I, no- <laughs> I would have noticed immediately. <laughs> Although, at, at, some, you know, at some point, my interest in Star Trek sort of petered out. 
um, would would that point have been Enterprise by any chance? Yeah, <laughs> I, I never. I, actually, it was halfway through uh, Voyager, I believe. And I not so much on. that I thought it was much worse than anything else. It's just uh, th- I got busy, you know. Yeah, I, I stopped yeah. watching TV basically. I struggled. But, uh, on yeah, the there Voyager. were some pretty pretty bad episodes. Mostly because I just like the way that Janeway spoke sometimes. <laughs> Janeway, I liked, yeah. Well, I, I, I've only seen something like five episodes of Enterprise, but one that I yeah. did see, I almost threw something through the television. <laughs> because got, I'm, uh, oh, it was unbelievable. I'm watching it. I'm thinking this is just a rehash of the one where Jordi and Roe are slightly face shifted out of our continuum kind of thing, where yeah. nobody can and. And all right, okay, so it's somebody that's merged with the Enterprise, okay, uh, with yeah, with the Enterprise. Okay, this is right. um, this is odd, but this is really all it is. And you know, and they're making lights flicker. The you yeah. know towards the end, they start making lights flicker, and uh, the captain, what's his name, Archer, goes, oh, these lights keep flickering, and the the amazingly <laughs> the the amazingly logical Vulcan looks at it and says. Yes. Must be someone it, stuck in a no, phase no, no, no! It's even time. worse. It's even worse, Paul. They say something What's along the lines of, "Hmm, it seems to be a form of the archaic Morse code that you humans used to use." Oh and they're watching God. these lights flicker, and then they say, and then she says, "Sorry." Yes, that's quite compelling. Anyway, and they ignore it. <laughs> <laughs> but it gets worse. It gets even worse. Here's how yeah. the episode ends. Here's how the episode ends. Okay, I don't the, think I've seen the, this one. The person who is trapped inside the Enterprise wakes up. <laughs> it had all been a dream. Oh my god! All right. Well, I did. Re- we did watch a few episodes of Enterprise via Netflix, uh-huh. and um, we had to stop because it was awful. <laughs> well, also because we just weren't prepared to show the kids. Uh, images of sweaty Vulcans with exposed butt cracks oh, rubbing yes, each yes. other down. Well, you know, they, they did have to do that because of um space dust or something. <laughs> exactly. But I'm like, this is not... I mean, I'm like, part of me is saying, hmm, a, please continue. But part of, the other part of me is saying, this is not Star Trek. And then Grace is saying, this is not for the kids. And I'm like, this is not for anyone, really. Yeah. Just, you know? In fact, uh, you should take the children into the next room. I'll watch this to make sure it's just as bad as we think. Yeah. I'll get all the way. Just leave me alone for a, a little while. But I do have uh, to say, I do have to say that one moment within the entire Star Trek thing that made me go... <gasps> Was the lesbian kiss in Deep Space Nine? Oh, do I remember that or not? Oh, um, well, I, I certainly oh. remember that. <laughs> <laughs> Myself and I, I had a, a friend called. I Duncan. have a friend who was absolutely uh-huh. obsessed with uh, with Seven of Nine. I I, I couldn't stand Voyager. Seven of Nine. It's, it's, uh, the, it's he, the whole. He, I, oh, I, I, I just don't I, get I've it. I've never really been. I've never been that into women who looked like they would kill you if yeah, they well, got the slightest. Incentive. It's not even that. It's not even that. It's like everybody's like, "Oh my God, she's so beautiful! Oh my God, she's the most beautiful thing!" And I, um, have you looked at her face? 
Yeah, I've, I don't think that's what they were looking well, at. Well, me neither, but you know, thing. but you look at the rest yeah, of it. Yeah, right. Yeah, because of course that's real, isn't it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> some of it's real. Potts would like to state categorically that he is not in <laughs> any way trying to put across the assumption that she was in any way surgically <laughs> enhanced. This is merely a jape, a jest, figment of the imagination. Please, please do not sue him. Sue me. Thank you. <laughs> anyway, uh, it could happen. Well, and it, so yes, um, I, I did. I, Appreciated her looks, but not her character and See, not her I, acting. I, I actually and, didn't uh, mind the character, but uh, yeah, her acting was appalling, yeah. and I didn't appreciate her looks at all. But um, so I, I would say, actually, if there was a, a later Star Trek female character that I found myself interested in, the it Borg would Queen have been <laughs> what? The Borg Queen? <laughs> no, 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 no. Okay. Um, who is the Trill? In Deep Space Nine. Oh, oh. With the, 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 with yes, the, like, the little tattoos. elfin one. Now, now, which one? Yes, the, 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 the first one or the second one? The first one. Well, see, she, she was nice, she was cute, but the second one was too cute for words. Oh, my yeah. God. Just tiny little elfin face and look at me, I'm so cute. She was very, very pretty girl, but... Yeah, mm. it, you know, it it was almost like surely you're not any older than fifteen, <laughs> which right. she obviously was. But you know, she she was just, oh, she was so cute. But I I'm so out of it, Joe. I can't even remember her name. I I've hit some kind of middle age wall where the brain cells are just leaping well, to their. Well, you know depths, what's really strange? You know. Neither do I. I bloody hell. I I I know you call them. It's contagious. What the hell? It's I, I bloody remember the name of Ro Laren, but I yes, can't remember right. the name of the trilogy. Well, I, if I, if yeah, I were Ro to Laren pick one, Deep, Deep Space Nine. Ro Laren. Well, you just said. I think you just gave Ro Laren a pretty big trill. <laughs> Ro Ro Laren. <laughs> yes. She was very so. cute. She was very very cute, but her, yes. her nose makeup was horrible. Did you see um, her did, in yeah. the Battlestar Galactica special, Razor? She played the captain in Razor. No. Oh my God, she's an attractive woman. I I believe she's an attractive woman. I've never seen, this is embarrassing to admit, things get strange once you have children and once you have lots of yeah, well, children. Yeah, lo- lots of children, absolutely. I've, it gets strange when you have one, but you know the I, amount you have, you're repopulating yeah. the Western Hemisphere. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's actually, we're fighting the regional tide. The, the census data just came out for Michigan. Michigan, the only state in the union that's lost population. They're better People than Ohio. Colleen, <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Yes, people are leaving Michigan in droves, and they have left the Saginaw area in droves. And it's like, uh, it's like you know, being it, it took me four days to hitchhike from Saginaw. <laughs> so it did. <laughs> Just had to get that in there. <laughs> uh, yeah, not that I've ever heard that since I moved no, here. Not at all. <laughs> we we have actually we have graffiti all over the abandoned parts of the downtown uh-huh. that said all gone to look for America it, it took know. me it took it's me four a, days to hitchhike to this <laughs> yeah no it's it's like being a little like being sort of locked in an abandoned store overnight you know after they've shut off the lights and everyone's gone home and mm. you can wander around cool. and just look at cool, the empty shelves cool but creepy <laughs> 
Yeah, exactly. You're just waiting for the zombies yeah. to come up from the back. I'm going to look for America. <laughs> well, I, you know, I'm still hoping we can get you out here sometime to see it. Not because of how, uh, how you know, lovely and, and fun it is here, but uh, just, just, just to get a So I can witness it. the degradation for myself. <laughs> so, some, something like that. So you can... Can you know come see America while there's still some? Well, the some thing left. is, but I mean, you know, yeah. like it's it's like we've said. I know that we've discussed this, but you know, I know that you're not in. I mean, I have no doubt that you're certainly pulling in more money than I am because of of the way that you are and the job you do, etc. But you have enormous outlays because you've got this family. <laughs> yeah, this huge. I do. Thing. We. <laughs> <laughs> I've got. Oh, I'm, on, I'm, I'm making too much money. I must have more children. <laughs> Wife, I come think here. That's what <laughs> I, I'm. I'm not. I, I couldn't save this money or spend it on myself. I must. Uh, I must feed a small yes. army. No, it's uh, like, you know. Like, well, at this stage, the kids aren't that expensive. Some things didn't go well in our planning, and um, yeah, and various uh, minor disasters have uh, have confronted us that we were inadequately prepared for and we had set aside money and saved money and thought we were prepared enough you know, and it's like that it sneaks no. up on you but um but that's that's been it it does sneak up on on us but this is sort of one of the it's not just you um we grace and i bought this big old house and I, you've probably seen pictures and maybe even the video clips i'm not sure but um with the intent that we weren't just going to live in it as some kind of a better homes and gardens thing. You know, we were going to have, um, well, it's, I mean, the upstairs is a homeschool room. This is, I'm in the studio room. Um, and we wanted to have, uh, it's, it's set up such that we can have guests, you know, um, we were going to, we were trying to arrange possibly to host uh, a student, who would live here and help out with uh, household chores, you know, um, stuff like that. And Grace is now a community activist here, which is a, a bad word in America, <laughs> a community organizer. And uh, all kinds of stuff going on here, like every every week. What the hell is she, some kind of communist? Pretty much so, exactly, no. Working for the community, the hell with the community. What the hell did the community ever give me? <sighs> give me my tax bailout. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> but so, that's, so the point of the large house was, uh, you know, the family room is big enough. It's bigger than the space that most cafes have. You know, so we had hoped to have uh, performances here. I set up a PA system in there, you know. That's yeah. the plan. Uh, we were hoping to have well, artists you, in you residence. Know? We were hoping to have this and that. So, But it's, it's you know what, it, it really is. It's all slow to get off the ground and a lot of things. But, but that's that's it, Paul. I mean, really, how long have you been We've there? been here less than a year, so it'll... Exactly. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, you're not even set in yourself yet. No, and you know what, it actually was... I was a little overly optimistic on how we would be able to get things uh, done and fixed up and whatnot, but um, yeah, I mean, we'll I, see. We still I, have, I know that, uh, we still have uh, have dreams and plans, and I refuse to give them up in 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 spite of all the all the uh, the the adversity because when it comes down to it, I I still believe in the essential goodness of. <laughs> I see. <laughs> 
I still believe you will return to me, sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very, very sorry, Mr. Bubiel and whatever the hell your name is. <laughs> what was that from originally? It's from uh, Miss Saigon. <laughs> oh, really? Oh. Yeah. I, You know, the musicals that I know uh, best, uh, one of them that I've seen performed several times, I do, despite my heterosexuality, go around singing songs from musical theater occasionally, and um, to everyone's chagrin. Not the Paul, Paul, yes. Paul, 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 Paul. <laughs> How many children do you have at the moment? <laughs> Hmm? Well, if Grace hasn't given birth in the car yet, uh, four. Uh-huh, four. So, and you're about to have your fifth, correct? Yes. I don't think your heterosexuality is in question. Mm. Well, you know, people people change. You bet. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> people explore new sides to their, their personality. Well, that, that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not heterosexual. You might yeah. just be curious. Yeah, something like. Are you bi curious? Yeah, I'm shopping all the time. <laughs> <laughs> Will I buy that? Will I buy that? Will I buy that? <laughs> uh, I, that's what I do for shopping now. Is I go around the store and I pick up a whole bunch of things that I'd like: CDs and DVDs and you know books. And I carry them around. I look at them, and then sadly put them all back. <laughs> and and then he does not. I repeat, he does not go online and find them at Pirate Bay because that would be wrong. No, actually, I don't know if you and I have ever talked about this much, but I actually... Well, haven't actually. Um, no, we've not. I actually don't. I, I, I won't say I have nothing pirated. Um, I would. Yeah, okay. But Paul I, has got nothing pirated. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't I don't actually pirate music. I... I um. Uh, you know I'll what? be honest. You know, I I download uh, things that I already have for one reason and one reason only because convenience. I convenience. It's not even that. I could, if I wanted to, rip the stuff that I've got, you know, from the CDs. But my bloody PC shuts itself down if I put a CD in it. You've got a power supply issue or something. Uh, yeah, I, it's, I, it's, your your it's PC. Thing. Your PC woes are kind of are kind of legendary. <laughs> your PC is always turning on you, it. and yeah. you reach towards it with a gentle caress, and it snaps at your hand. <laughs> and big, it sharp bites. <laughs> it bites me. Four bloody power supplies I've gone through with this thing. Really? Yeah. Uh, four power supplies. Something's something's up. Something's wrong. It's cursed. I don't know. That's weird. <laughs> That's weird. Yeah, you, you went to the, the, the local PC world. Uh, I'd like to buy a computer, please. Arr, you can have this one, but it be cursed. <laughs> <laughs> I give you a. Um, I give you a discount. You don't believe how, in ghosts, how do you? How much is it? How much is it? I. It be fifty pounds, but it be cursed. <laughs> <laughs> what's 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 the curse? The curse uh, be this, you fucking computer. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually come back a few times. Other men have taken it home and tried to use it. They none tried of them, and failed. None of them have lived to see the horn. <laughs> <laughs> no, they tried and died. <laughs> They died. They failed. Will you fear any better, lamb? 
yes. Um, yes, yes, I will. Then buy it, sir. Buy it with good faith in it. <laughs> yeah. The last, the last known man owned this computer was found at the bottom of his garden screaming, All I want to do is play solitaire. <laughs> <sighs> I should have said Minesweeper. That would have been funnier. <laughs> yeah. There is a track that I, that I will admit I will cop to pirating. There's a... S- hey, hey, Rocket. So, uh, Veronica just came <coughs> in to take her home. Yep, I just came back from H3M in Ann Arbor. Yay! Do you have lots of stuff? No, Can she hear me? She can't, she can't hear you because I have the speakers off so I don't get feedback. Oh, uh, put the headphones on her then. Alright, just a moment. Here, talk to Joe. Hi. Hi, Veronica. How are you? Good. Good. You know, the last time that I spoke to you, you didn't even understand that I was on the other side of the world on a computer. Whoa. Yeah, the last time I spoke to you, you were like looking at the screen to say, where is he? That's kind of, that's kind of scary, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Your mom's looking for you. Okay. Bye. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Her mom's her mom's home with the kids, so I, I haven't got long to live. So I, 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 I just told her that the last time I spoke to her, she didn't actually comprehend that I was on the other side of the world, and she was looking at the screen to try and see me. Yeah, it's it's a little confusing for her yeah. then to understand <laughs> was, Skype and and UStream and yeah. all this. But <laughs> when I told her that, you're like, I said, the last time I spoke to you, you didn't actually understand that I was on a computer, you know, on the other side of the world, and she went. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. No, she uh, uh, she's heard you periodically online in our chats and on Ustream, and when you're doing a radio show uh, and I'm typing, you'll say hi, Veronica, and her little eyes kind of bug out. <laughs> Which is cool. That, I mean, that's that's it's, it is quite cool, and and she is on one of my favoriteest tracks. So there you go. <laughs> Yeah, her Veronica's voice yes. is on uh, your Red Nose Day That's song right. from uh, a couple of years back. Uh, the put your red, put your nose, red on. nose on. Yep. She's in the she's in the chorus. And at the end, you the hear end. her very clearly at the end. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, as as am I. <laughs> well, yeah. Not so much <laughs> singing is kind of kind of moaning. <laughs> We're getting back to the kids again, so let's um. <laughs> we are. Yeah, I was gonna tell you uh, of the. Uh, I I will pirate a track. There's a song by a band called Torch Song, mm-hmm. uh, which was William Orbit's band when he was early on in his career, and it's a dance track called Prepare to Energize. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And there has been some other William Orbit material that's available now, but that single has never been released. Right. On CD, see, to, and so the me, only way I could get stuff like that to me isn't. I don't see that as pirating. Stuff that is completely unavailable in any way, shape, or form, I can't justify right. that as piracy. I I will say that it seems like what you'd call abandonware. Yeah, you know that it seems like the and the, that everyone along the way. Well, who knows? The rights may be lost or tied up or I mean, legally is, uh, you or know, something. I, or, you I know, he, really don't ag- agree with the whole pirating thing, but to say that someone is causing yeah. the recording industry any harm whatsoever because they have got an MP3 copy 
of a song that was pressed on a 45 single that was released for a six-month period in 1974. Y- you know what I mean? Right, that, that is right. not No, this is, a, this is an example. The, the <clears> only <throat> way I'd be able to, to get that track to use now would be to... I don't even own a turntable anymore. I mean, I yeah. did for many oh, I years. I still have mine. Would be to, to, to get it off, you know, yeah. to digitize it, and you, it wouldn't be very good quality... Uh, audio at that point by mm-hmm. you know yeah. digital standards so i mean it needs to you know someone needs to take the initiative and remaster it and get it onto itunes um that's exactly but it. if they that's if exactly they it. although i i hate itunes i have to say i i don't mind itunes i um i have uh i don't know how many actual purchase tracks i have on itunes oh. Several. I mean, it's been like a slow thing over a number of years now. I buy a, a few songs now and then, and suddenly there's several thousand. <coughs> um, but yeah, so I so I do. I own a lot of music, and I own a lot of CDs. I used to. I was yeah. a dance. I mean, hundreds, not probably not thousands, but hundreds. Yes. No, I'm I'm the I'm the same. I was a dance music DJ. Uh, I had boxes and boxes of dance music CDs. CDs as well and most of that i've actually gotten rid of but um because of sort of its limited replay value for normal people <laughs> but um not all and then some of it i've wound up uh buying back later you know so buying uh, on in uh download form versus uh cd form but yeah, even even CDs, there's still there's a lot of stuff that's out of print. A lot of the music from my childhood, from the '70s, a lot of the exact tracks that I knew from certain years aren't available. Uh, they what may- I find, I know that there are a lot of uh, you know pe- people who redo their tracks for compilations. Yeah, there's uh, re-recordings, but, like the, the yes, there's a re-recording by the found- same artist. Yes, sometimes, yes, but it's not like the same tw- recording. Twenty years later, exactly. Twenty years later, and the voice isn't also, quite right. Yeah, so. but there are also I I have found, uh, you know, thanks to the wonders of all these online things, that there are versions which are just slightly different mixes. Yeah, yeah. The the one I'm thinking of, uh, there's original like a jukebox version of uh, Disco Duck. Did you ever hear Disco Duck? Look at me! I'm a dish <laughs> Donald Duck. I can't. I cannot do a Donald Duck voice whatsoever. But yes, that was a was it Ray? What's Rick, his face? Rick Dees. Rick Dees. Yes, not Ray. I think. Rick, Rick I think it was Rick Dees. Anyway, I, you know what? I think I have that. Do you? I think I do. Just give me one second. Well, just keep talking. I'll look for it while we're talking. Yeah. Well, anyway, so that's a song <laughs> from my childhood. And that particular mix, the mix I would have heard on a yeah. on a jukebox yeah. in a restaurant. In 1974, I think, or thereabouts, um, when I was, you know, seven or eight, I was quite young. And that stuff uh, imprints on your brain, you know. The original, uh, one of the first songs I remember getting into and really enjoying and thinking of as a song that I couldn't wait to hear again was a song called Delta Dawn. And it was, I think, Delta Dawn. What's that flower you have? Yeah, I'd never Could heard it that be before. Be a faded rose from rose days, gone days gone by. by. <laughs> and did well. I hear you say he was a meeting you here today? 
to take <laughs> you to his mansion in the sky. Anyway. They see, I'd never heard of that song before until I heard an album by McLean and McLean. I think the version that I had was the Tammy Wynette. The version I liked was the Tammy or Tanya Tucker. Right, right. Okay. Tanya Tucker. They were very, it was recorded by various people in short within a short yeah, time frame. But McLean and McLean did a, a bad version of it. How how um, audience friendly is this podcast? <laughs> because oh, it's I'll just got put the a, worst just put, possible language in it. Oh, well, let's leave it. Let's skip it. Because uh, I'll mark it. <laughs> if I know that one of, if I remember that one of my chats is, has some cursing in it, I'll mark it as, as uh, not clean. <laughs> All right, go ahead. Well, what what I'll do is what I'll do is I will I will jump. It was a bone wicking his ever. Did it be a porcelain <laughs> penis from days gone by? And did I hear you grunt as you shoved oh it up God. your? To give you that mighty orgasm twixt your thighs. She's forty-one, but her daddy still calls her douchebag. <laughs> I must admit, Mr. Lamb, I'm not familiar with that version of the song in question. <laughs> and that's the only version I've heard. And that's how long yeah. it is. It just stops at the line. It's just 41 that's words. funny. Well, it's, it was, what I liked about the song at, at a young age was that it had a beautiful bass harmony line. And... Did it really? Okay. But so... So it got me into think, you know, it really got me into like observing music and saying, wow, that's neat, you know, it's just at a young age. Um, but so that's one of the songs. So I, I have a collection of 70s music. I've done some little Ustream shows uh, that were all, all 70s music as well. But um, they Ustream has changed its terms of service and made me sign away three of my four children. <laughs> and... Uh, Oh, they changed their terms of service. You are liable for any copyright infringement, and you swear up and down that you will not infringe copyright in any way, shape, or form, or think about copyright, or spell it correctly, or... Uh, so it basically says or, you, you, you can't play music on Ustream. You can't play music on Ustream. And they will, it says they will, um, they will shut you off. You'll be banned. They will enforce it using... Uh, automatic uh, detection of copyright violations so <laughs> I, I guess they'll sample your stream and shut you off if, if you're well, playing something that's in their database i would assume in which case that Ustream's usage has plummeted i don't that's all i really well i used it to do some live stuff <coughs> of covers but yeah. most of mostly what i used it for was a little streaming radio thing yeah but i mean so. as, as you know that's where the joe show started uh, the yeah. cast that's where they all were. And that was yeah. nothing but. Oh my exactly. god, that, that is unbelievably crazy. So, so I haven't really been on Ustream much since then. Um, but uh, yeah, it's copyright is a lot of hand and copyright owners are a lot of hand. Uh, I posted a, a, a recording of Old Lang Syne for New Year's, which was just uh, some guitar chords and a guitar lead part. And it was just, you know, a, a, a one, like a one take wonder kind of thing. <laughs> uh, 
uh just just as like a just on on my nylon string guitar to celebrate new year's uh and i got a takedown notice saying that uh uh some copyright holder had determined that my recording uh violated their, their really? copyright i'd love to see who's claiming copyright to a 400 year old song exactly exactly it's crazy so but you know it was detected probably because uh it resembled someone's copyright recording of a performance of the song bollocks that's my my guess you know not that this uh, anyway somehow (laughs) it got flagged but i did you're uh you're allowed to uh file a uh a protest a a counterclaim And I did, and I said, "This song is this melody is four hundred years old," uh-huh. <laughs> and I, I don't know. I think it went away, but that was just uh, I didn't get a take left down a bad notice. taste in my mouth. <clears throat> I've, I've never had a, a takedown notice for anything that I've put up on. Well, YouTube. it's not called a takedown notice. It said it says you actually don't have to do anything, yeah. but it's it's just like a warning, you know. I think they just throw them out oh. as soon as anybody sings anything on YouTube, just to make sure. They will silence uh, some tracks if you just uh, just use someone's music at all uh, without permission. Sometimes they will silence a track, which uh, I I don't know. But it's yeah. There's uh, musicians learn how to perform and compose by doing covers, and they have for centuries by covering other people's music. And of course, the folk process is all stealing. <laughs> That you can't even call it stealing; it's just borrowing. You know, it's um, so it's it's a weird, it's a weirdly chilled uh, environment for um, for doing music. I mean, you and I were working on a, a version of why, uh, not why was he of Limelight of a Rush song, but we can't really share that. I mean, we could, but um, someone might gripe about it. You know, so uh, it's just a I don't know. Probably, probably not, unless uh, one of us was selling it. But so, uh, but um, you know, they they may. Uh, I mean, I've done, I've I've posted some some covers. I did a whole uh, set of breakdown lessons of how to play Y Y Z on uh-huh. guitar badly. That's what it's called. <laughs> how to play how to play Y Y Z on guitar badly. Poorly. <laughs> um. Uh, and no one's ever bugged me about that. Yeah. I recorded various sort of instrumental versions, but that's probably. Um, I I did I it's it's weird what gets flagged. I included uh, what gets detected. I had a little home movie of Joshua on the bed, and I was playing some music through uh, my little guitar amp using my iPod, <laughs> and then recording this with a video camera. So sterling audio quality, in other words. <laughs> Uh-huh. <laughs> just, just rich bass and and scintillating Not high frequencies. And uh, one of the songs was an old Brady Bunch song called called "Sunshine Day" uh, by the Brady Bunch. I don't know if you know that song. I I I know the Brady Bunch. Yeah, but maybe I'll drop in a fragment of it. Song. I don't know, but it's um, uh, that it's an ancient song from an from a seventies TV show, and it's it's a cute. Look. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a song from the show, from one of the shows, and um, 
it got that video of my little boy dancing got flagged not that i had to take it down but now when you play it an ad appears on it for uh click here to buy this song and it's just a fragment of it it's also there's some madonna in there too and it's just this tinny noisy thing in the background of, of a little home movie but it's it's I think it was recorded through a laptop speaker, a laptop microphone, maybe. I don't know. It just seems ridiculous the 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 way you can and can't use music and all the and all the all the somewhat outrageous claims. But it's not just music; it's copyright in general too. There's still like I did a podcast series of these novels uh, and stories. Uh, um, of this guy, William Hope Hodgson, this writer, this uh, English writer who died in, I think, 1918. His stuff is all comfortably in the public domain now. But uh, a lot of work that's only slightly younger is is still not. Like, And the copyright status of some of H.P. Uh, Lovecraft's material, for example, is still is disputed. So things no longer are passing into the public domain in a healthy way, you know, because that's, there's a huge sort of, uh, the same way that musicians learn by covering other people's work, you know, uh, there's, there's a lot of, uh, material to be borrowed and remixed or there would be more, you know, but the, the idea is basically that, Disney doesn't ever want a Disney property to not be copyrighted. And so everyone, they, they will move heaven and earth to make that happen in the form of a lot of lawyers. <laughs> so. Anyway, so you, we, you and I did a couple of songs for Song Fu. I, I, Contributed a couple bits on guitar. Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Are you gonna play something? Party the other night. All the ladies would treat me right. This is a weird flashback. Weird flashback. <laughs> How in the world can I keep my seat? Disco duck. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. It's I do have a version of it. It's hard for me to tell just listening to that if that's uh if that's the original mix that I remember. It is. Or not. Yes, it is. It's the that's from 1976. 1976. That sounds about yep. right. Ricky D's and his cast of idiots. Cool. So yeah, I remember listening to that song in a, a diner called O'Neill's Restaurant in Northeast Pennsylvania. And, I was uh, 13, 13. Yeah, you were, you were, you're, uh, you're gonna die before me, Joe. No. <laughs> Not necessarily. I, I don't have five children. <laughs> That's true. That's true. No, you, you were. So you, you were played f- guitar. You played guitar. Yes, I played bits of guitar on some of your songs. Yes, you. And did. I got and. Um, that's uh we developed something as i put it on the blog something of a collaboration for 
two people who never actually met. Yes. <laughs> so, so what do you remember? Uh, you were. Um, what do you remember about those? The was Gultide the first? Uh, that wasn't about the those first one. Halcyon days. Uh, the first Gu- one was was Joe Furby. Tom Furby, yeah. Tom uh, Furby. Was that when I... I don't believe you called it Joe Furby. Uh, that's right. I'm sorry. <laughs> was that... Sorry. That was Frozen it's, Shoulder Time, wasn't it? It's that brain thing. It was Frozen Shoulder Time. Yeah, yeah. you had a you, you had screwed up your shoulder and you were in pain. Yes, I couldn't actually not, hold my guitar, let alone play it. But I could hold my baron, which was odd, because all I had to do was keep my... Uh, my elbow and at my side and just hold the baron in one place and I could play it. Uh, but it was so painful. So, so painful. Wow. And it's still... If people only not- only knew the way we suffer for our art. <laughs> well, you know, they do because they've heard you singing, Paul. And <laughs> That's true. And they've heard you complaining. <laughs> but um, I actually think that the, the one that caused you the most hassle was definitely ghoul tide <clears throat> yes because yeah. i couldn't explain precisely what it was i was wanting to get done but i could hear it all and you right. were doing what you thought i was asking for but wasn't but the thing is perfectly yeah <laughs> you, you you were not doing it perfectly but the thing is somehow we got them and when it actually all comes together i think i was Funnily enough, I believe it or not, I was listening to Ghoul Tide this afternoon because oh, yeah. uh, a friend. In fact, you know what? I've actually mentioned her tonight. Elaine, who was talking about uh, that I met when we were doing uh, Joseph, she uh, because she's you know just come onto Facebook. She's coming into the to the force to listen to some uh, of the shows. She used to come into the Joecast when I did them on Ustream every now and again, uh, but she actually caught me on Facebook this afternoon and was talking about something or other and I said oh right yeah that's like my song and she went oh what one so I sent her to Bandcamp she went oh my god yeah I forgot you had this and then she said will you will you send me a, a, a you know get me a CD of your stuff I said yeah sure what do you want on it she said uh, just whatever you think is best but I really want the one that goes snow falls down <laughs> <laughs> and I thought bloody that's hell awesome. I haven't listened to Ghoul Tide for ages so I went and listened to it and yeah. it's brilliant even if I do say so myself. But the way it comes together, you know, like it's just everything that I had asked you to do, you got it. You know, even though I know, I know for a fact that you were unbelievably frustrated during that. I was, un- I was unbelievably frustrated. You know, but I, the first, the first one, uh, Tom Furby uh, was very rushed and very loose. And we had this tuning problem <clears throat> <Yeah>. where we <laughs> could not, we could not get ourselves in tune with each other, and I would tune, try and tune my guitars to your track, and then you would retune a little bit, and then I would be off with that. And so everything, oh, it was just maddening. Um, but Gultide, I had a little more time to work on, and like with the MIDI parts and the little melodic bits that I threw in, yes. I had, was able to and, to get those pretty well. And that was the thing because so, I, I know yeah, that you weren't, I, you know, you weren't exactly sure what I wanted those other little bits for until I put it all together. <laughs> yeah, you know, wh- yeah. Why does he? Why does he want that tiny, tiny little bit of God rest you, merry gentlemen? Why? <laughs> no, I thought I thought it would. I thought it would be cute. <laughs> but it, you know, but I, it worked. You, then you th- you threw in the uh, the choir. Yes, the little. Uh, the, yeah. 
which you're probably right. sued for now. <laughs> well, yeah. Actually, no, well, that's I, fair usage. I, that is fair usage. That is that is that is fair use. The uh, and and the the melodies that were all long since uh, public domain, but. Um, and you, you can quote mel. I mean, if people couldn't quote melodies in songs, there'd be no music. <laughs> exactly, left. there'd be nothing left because there's nothing yeah. new in this world. But it was, I think that no, what really makes Ghoul Tide for me was the, the fact that the the melody you came up with it was very catchy to begin with, and the song is very cheery and bright, and the lyrics are not. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's what I do best. It's this. It's this. <laughs> It's this almost jaw-droppingly horrifying contrast yeah. between the sweetness and light <laughs> and the bloody entrails dragging yeah. on the ground. <laughs> they tore their flesh and broke their bones and munched upon their eyes. <laughs> yeah. I love so, that. You know, they, they ripped the muscles from their chests and feasted yes. on their thighs. I love that line. Yes. <laughs> it, it, I, th- I thought the writing was, was hilarious and very well done. So that's good. I'm glad that people still like. Oh that yeah, yeah. People like you take positive feedback for it. I and then I had <laughs> you. Um, so we did a couple for that, uh, and then I was lucky enough to get you to sing a lead part for me for my song "Polly Loves the Rain," mm-hmm. which is has one very enthusiastic fan, <laughs> and I've got and she still plays it on her radio yeah. show. And I've got I, some I'll, I'll be honest, I, I found Polly so difficult because I could not find the melody that you were asking me for, and I always thought it was coming over a little bit monotone. Uh, but for some strange reason, you know, when it's played, it you know with everything as usually happens, you find that when everything's when put it, together, it's so much more than the sum of its parts as it were but uh when it fits together yes, in the mix yes that's my favorite actually the chorus of of polly even with my backing singing which is really the only singing i can <laughs> qualified to do is deep in the background is uh i i love the way the chorus comes together i i'm not so fond of the whole song uh as it stands i think the rap parts are too long and um it's a little too slow, but uh, when it comes when it hits the chorus and and uh, the accompaniment all comes together, I think it's it's beautiful. I think it's I would have just been a little bit more comfortable singing that a tiny little bit higher. Yeah, um, but other than that, yeah, other than that, so I mean, the, the just it's worth it just for the line. That's right. The one we love. <laughs> <laughs> I love that line. I think that line's brilliant. So I had I had a, a, a fun time writing that. But um, what is your range? You do you have you? I couldn't tell you. That, I really, worked it out on a keyboard. Uh, or? No, I haven't. Um, I'm. I can't go very low. You know. I. I mean. I. I. I I can take it down quite low if I really have to, but you can't really sing as low as that. Uh, but I don't know how low how low can I go? How low? How low? <laughs> <laughs> how low hey, Mister Bassman. <laughs> hey, Mister Bassman. Um, yeah, I don't know how low I can go to be honest, but then I also don't know how high I can go. I was um, the you know perennial boy soprano. Uh, and I still can get the hell of a high notes 
and make them not sound too much like falsetto. Okay. Because um, uh, we're gonna, I, I'm, I want to try and record uh, a cover of "Keep It Dark," and okay, that, that has e- easy, Paul, easy. In the in the chorus part, towards the end of the chorus, uh, a world Phil Collins, full of people, their hearts full of joy, thousands of creatures dream of our future. We made ourselves a little life, a little hope, a little time. See, well, good, I've got it. I've got it recorded already. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's imp- I can't sing that. I, you know, when I was about sixteen and I was heavily into Rush, drugs, Rush. <laughs> so when I was heavily into drugs. I was heavily into Rush. I could. I sang only falsetto. In fact, I sang only heavy metal songs, mostly in E, and mostly in falsetto. And I uh, thought that was just how singing was done. Yeah. Well, I mean, at, you know, at, at the time, yes, I could do the whole Geddy Lee thing, but even Geddy Lee yeah. can't do the whole Geddy Lee thing anymore. No, I, I know. It's so, it's, uh, it's. The people were divided, the heart and mind collided. Yes. was left unguided. People have a love hate relationship with Geddy Lee's singing, but I, I loved it at the time, and oh, I, uh, I still I, I love Dord it. Rush. And, yeah, Dord Rush from the, the first day I heard them, which was actually yeah. when they were bringing the stuff out. So, yeah, and and but I, but I could I could hit those notes in falsetto, and um, no longer, sadly, you know. But I've discovered now that I am technically a bass, although uh-huh. I've I got a sore throat today and my voice is never it's never very reliable or very good and i need <clears throat> i need to get some training and i keep looking for time to do that time and money to set up some lessons because uh, my father sings and i think that i could train my voice to a certain extent i mean uh-huh. i'm not totally i'm not totally tone deaf i'm not it's totally definitely weird. well i mean you can't be tone deaf because you know you you play yeah. a bloody amazing guitar but that you know i i know that there is a school of thought which says anyone can sing they simply need trained and i'm not in any way being horrible or nasty here but i don't believe that no i here's here's the thing i i never expect to have a pretty voice mm-hmm. i would settle for being able to sing in a uh, in uh, some keys in uh, what's the word an idiosyncratic style, if that makes sense. <laughs> but, but you already do. <laughs> yes, but it's not it's not my style. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I know. You know, I haven't quite found uh, like Leonard Cohen doesn't have a pretty voice. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> neither, but neither he does has Tom Waits. <laughs> Yeah, but he has. I don't think I'll ever be that gruff sounding. But he, uh, but he has a, a personal style, and yeah. you know, and people like it or, or don't. Like um, my wife can't stand Bob Dylan, and all my protests. You know, don't you under, understand how many songs he wrote and how influential he was? They all fall on on deaf ears. She just can't stand his singing. But, but that's you, you know, know that's kind of kind of got a point because. I'm not the biggest Bob Dylan fan in the world. I have to say this right now, but I yeah. am quite well, aware, quite aware of the fact that he did write some amazing songs. 
you know and yeah. uh, but uh, to me the best of Bob Dylan's songs that I've ever heard were played by Jimi Hendrix and Jimi Hendrix exactly. he couldn't sing either yeah you know right. um, but he 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 sang with a, a certain a certain style you know oh, a yeah, certain panache yeah. and a certain confidence and I I've I I would be happy to not have a pretty voice but uh, be able to get through a song with some confidence you know and I I, I almost I did a, a cover see I just don't um, I'm not singing enough to smooth it out you know I don't get time to warm up properly I don't get time to do this and that and uh, and would like to, to to do some training in that some but um but I I did a song I did a cover of a song by Sherwin Sleeves who also doesn't have a pretty voice but he has a range actually uh, see I'd never heard of that guy until I went and checked out your cover of his yeah. song because I'd never heard of him he's uh he's not uh, known as a musician he's known on public radio and among certain podcast fans uh, he's a he's a public radio producer and he does these other things which so far have mostly been just um free projects just free podcasts so he's a storyteller um and he puts he put these story episodes together originally with uh uh to some extent with other people's music um but he he also has uh songwriting experience and he's started to uh use either he uses some songs that he's written before and some that he's purposely written for a podcast or a story episode. And um, he's a he's an interesting guy. You, I don't know, did you hear my... I have a podcast interview with him. Uh, it's actually two parts because it's quite a long conversation. I didn't but, actually, uh, no. But go back a few but episodes. But I, I will uh, certainly check out, Paul, and I certainly <laughs> hope that everyone else listening to this, if you've got this far, which of course you have, will do so also. Uh, thank you. Sherwin Sleeves, uh, Sean Hurley is his real name. His character's name is Sherwin Sleeves. And I hate to burst anyone's bubble, but uh, but uh, he's. Uh, I'm, I'm looking actually into... Uh, he and I are chatting once in a while and looking for possible um, musical and podcast type collaborations in the future. So mm -hmm. uh, stay tuned. Anyway, stay tuned. Pop but uh, but he he has quite a pretty voice, and not just a pretty voice, but several pretty voices and several funny voices as well. <laughs> so so um, so I don't know, Mister Joe. Uh, it is. 1915 in it's my quarter time. past midnight. Yeah, and let's and see. we haven't even got to the good stuff. I know what's. <laughs> I, I I should have. You know what? If I was gonna prepare, I at least should have taken some medication. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, we got to the start of Song Fu, so there's something. Yes, we got into the start of Song Fu. Let's quick uh, quick bring up to date, and then. Uh, and then we should wind up for it, this time, and it's, perhaps we could do another chat in the future. Yeah, it's kind kind of a shame to smoosh it all in there because it is you know like the last four, not even that three years, uh, where everything seems to have just suddenly glommed together and taken off. You know, um, so you so you became a master of song foo. 
Yes, your coveted, yes. your coveted secret trophy made of dryer lint or whatever it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the, you know, the, the the whole song foo thing, but the, it was the song foo thing that brought me into this kind of varied community of which you know you are a part. Um, it's it was song foo that made me meet all these guys and girls, you know, that that can't can make the music that. I hear but can't get out there because I'm not a good good enough musician. Um, well, Denise don't sell yourselves as, too short. Well, You've been definitely your guitar playing has definitely been surprising me in a good way. You know, but, so. which is you know it, it's it is nice to hear that, and I, I won't deny it. But it's it's even things beyond that. Like some of the songs that I have completed recently have been with Denise Hudson through Duality Two Three Seven, and Denise is just an awesome. Keyboard she's, player. She's an excellent musician. She's just, yeah. you know, just amazing stuff. And she sends me, you know, take after take after take. And I actually have to get a folder and put all these things in. And <sighs> I'll sit and listen to it, first of all, and I think, that's good. But I've really got to sit down and say, you know, right, okay, this is good. If, if I take, take, maybe take this bit uh, and we'll repeat that a couple of times. Uh, because what she'll do, she'll just sit down and she will just jam. She'll, you know, and which is basically how I think it should be done. And I know for a fact that's what Genesis used to do. They just used yeah. to get together and just they would all play at the same time and find out, you yes. know, they'd take bits and pieces here and there. Now, unfortunately, we can't do that, Denise and I, because, you know, she's in Austin, Texas, and I'm in Dundee, Scotland. So she'll send it's me very, pianos. It's very difficult. Yes, yeah. it's really difficult. So she'll send me bits and I'll, I'll chop some bits up. Uh, and there are, there have been at least four <clears throat> times when she sent me pianos that she said, what do you think of this? And I've just immediately written the rest of the song around it and sent it back to her and she's gone, oh, but that that was only a demo piano. I can do that so much better. <laughs> and I'm like, well, no, we no, can't yeah. because we need it now. It's got to be finished now right. so we don't have time, you know. But the I, re I remember hearing some interview with R.E.M. back in the 80s, I think, and uh -huh. they would frequently... Uh, they would work out a song and they would record the parts right at, right you know the same day yeah and uh, then they would do ten more takes and try and get it polished yeah and then uh, inevitably they would throw out those takes and just, <laughs> just use the rough use the one. first one yeah <laughs> well, yeah one one of the tracks the the first track that Denise and I really worked together on. Uh, and, you know, the whole reason that I was ever exposed to any of Denise's music was, again, because of Song Fu. Um, it was the song uh, Something Very Horrible, bracket, Bluebeard's Lament. Bluebeard's Lament. Close bracket. Close bracket. <laughs> and she sent me this track, and she sent me a, a guide vocal to what she thought my part would be. So I took it and played with it, because she says, you know, like, do what you want with it. So I took it, I played around with it a wee bit, changed some of the words a little bit, um, brought it in in different places to where she thought it was going to be and sent it back to her and said, look, what do you think of this? I've sent you the raw track. If needs be, you can just shift them back again. Um, but here's what I think. And she just went off her head thinking, this is amazing. It's totally made it. Oh, my God. Um, and then she wanted to re-record her vocal because of how, how mine was. And I totally had to talk her out of it because I was singing my vocal to her vocal, right? You know what I mean. Right. So if she changed that, you vocal, wouldn't have been able to get them get them back. Yeah, into so it was like the feeling exactly, of being together. Exactly. So, so yeah. she changed her vocal to my ear, 
it wouldn't sound, you know, it, it would sound to me that I wasn't singing back quite the right way. Uh, and I right, know that the audience right. doesn't know that. You know, the, the people who <laughs> well, the track no, would eventually grow up These things to. come across in a subtle way. Yeah. yeah. So I, I fought against that for uh, such a long time. And as it turned out, you know, that was the track that went in was the original one. But then she did redo the vocal. But because she redid her vocal, I redid mine. <laughs> And I sung it to her new vocal track, and that's that is actually the version yeah. that we've. Uh, I think that's the version we've got. Of. It's called the radio edit, <laughs> but radio yeah, but she edit. wants to do that with a lot of our, uh, a lot of our stuff. Um, the three tracks that we've put out recently, I think. I mean, they've all been quite sad songs, to be honest. Um, but they're all of similar themage, um, and they're, they're called "Mars Ain't the Kind of Place," which is our sequel to Elton John's Rocket Man. Uh, the the end yeah. to the end of the world, which is basically a love song to your hometown. So I made it about Dundee, but it, it goes over and above Dundee. Um, and the last one's called Columbia uh, Apollo Eleven, which is about Michael Shepard. Uh, yeah, that song fascinated me a yeah. little bit. I, I may have to drop in a I'll drop in a clip. Maybe I, I don't know if I'm gonna make this a two hour <laughs> uh, recording. Honestly, I, I, I but think you know, they, they are some of the songs that I am most proud of. What amazed me was uh, you guys put together so many songs uh-huh. in the space of one contest week, I yeah, think was it that was. When we did five in one week. <laughs> yeah, and I'm struggling to get one track done and cursing my my computer and logic and all this and then asking Denise to send me a new keyboard part and whatnot but uh and here you guys were just sort of bulldozing through them and not only were there five songs but they were so dramatically different in style yeah see that that is that is something that i try to do but this this is part of the reason this is part of the reason why i love collaborating with people because there there were with denise there are three at least three songs which i am unbelievably proud of which i've put pretty much all of the melody to uh most of the lyric to because we do you know like throw through a demo across each other then we got on this, we, yes yeah. then we got on this thing and go over it um, but you know, for those three, I did most of the melody, most of the lyric, uh, sung them obviously, and uh, they they are three of the tracks that out of everything that I've ever written since I was sixteen years old, which is thirty almost thirty two years now, these are yeah. three three tracks that I am most proud of that I have ever done. But I would not have been able to make those tracks without Denise, uh, in the same way that I would not have been able to do. Uh, you know the not just di- not just literally track. exactly um, not just, just literally impossible. with the instrumental parts but just with the the inspiration yes too. i i wouldn't i wouldn't have had the thought to go the way my vocals went you know that yeah. kind of thing i wouldn't have thought of that melody line by itself because i'm not an accomplished enough mu- musician uh, my own music I know it's relatively simple. However, I do like to think that I make up for its simplicity with my lyrics. Well, sure. You uh, you choose to to maintain that a uh, simple instrumentation and just try to make it very uh, uh, very traditional sounding. Yes, really. yes, yes. And and again, it's not because I choose to. It's because it's all I can do. You know. <laughs> well, you could you could add you could add 
10 tracks of uh of this or that and, but you and know sometimes you've got I enough do, taste yeah. to, to know you've got enough taste to know how to, to not do some of what i do <laughs> which, <laughs> what i do want to do is to add too many a, do you remember the track of mine two yeah, yes. Yeah. I, I was actually one and one. Make yeah, so take one from one and make two. I was actually thinking yeah. that that would probably work kicked up a little bit. I think it would actually come out sounding something like a bowling for soup track. Uh huh. And I've been thinking I'm going to have to see about doing that. Power, power pop. Yeah. Kind of sound. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I think it would work. So. That that's something to watch the space because that's what was going through my head today. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you know, if you ever want to send me a chord progression or something and a BPM, I'm happy to to give it a shot. Yeah, but um, but you know what I would do? What I would do is I'd put down a vocal and say, "Paul, could you play guitar to this?" <laughs> well, and you would go, in, ah! "No." <laughs> it would help to have a click. No, I can. Uh, I'm not a, uh, I'm not, yeah, this is, it's interesting. People have so, so very different processes. I've only, I mean, you've been doing this much longer than I have. I've only written and recorded five original songs uh-huh. to date. Uh, they're not all successful. Some of them have bits of them I consider to be very successful and bits that aren't. Uh, but some of them I'm, you know, I'm happy with the process. Yeah. I'll say that. But um, uh, people's processes are so different. Oh, yeah, I, absolutely. I'm being, having more of a, a writer background, I so far have always worked out the words and polished them mm-hmm. as much as I could and then worked out a melody and tried to polish that and then just added everything. But most songs I, I'm learning aren't written that way. You were talking about Genesis jamming yes. in, in the, a, a garage or a studio. And a lot of those tracks on Abacab and whatnot just came out of a riff. Well, that, that's that's and actually quite funny because I've seen the, uh, the the making of, I think it, will, it might have been Invisible Touch. There was one of those programs, um, was it Genesis All Access or something like that, one of those programs. Uh, and it was it was yeah. very, very in their faces because there was one point where Phil Collins was like, no, enough, out, out. Because uh, he would not let them. He was he was getting so annoyed with the fact that he wasn't able to hit this note, uh, and he was on like take yeah. take a million, and he wasn't getting it. And he just said, no, "Look, get out!" And he was really angry with himself. But I found out watching that program that uh, well, Collins at least I, I doubt very much if Gabriel did this, but Collins certainly uh, and the band because you know they'd get the music down and they'd sit and play all these things, and then Collins would just scat over the top of them. You know, just just make sounds, yeah, yeah. and that's what I do. Yeah, I do that. Yeah, do that, that's what I do when I'm that's trying what, to. That's what Sean Sean Hurley does that uh-huh. too. One of his uh, one of the I, I mixed a, a song. I just I like did like a test mix of a song for him because I, I actually it was kind of went like this. Wow, this song is pretty good, but the mix sounds terrible. It's all clipped. He's like, oh really? <laughs> Would you like to try to mix it? <laughs> and I'm like. Oh, and I confidently started. I'm sure I can do a much, you know, much better job. Well, <laughs> should have sent it to me, Paul. I am the mix master. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it was. It it wasn't clipping, but it, it maybe was too far in the other yeah. direction. He didn't quite quite necessarily like it. But uh, you know, it's his song. But uh, and he's. I think he's rightfully basically saying, "Well, that song is done. I have lots more songs in me. You know, I'm going to move on." 
maybe that one wasn't perfect, but uh, I'm going to move on and do something else. And I'm I'm more the OCD type. But what was I talking about? <laughs> uh, me doing. It's like process, process. Oh yeah. So you you scat, yeah yeah. I mean, but again, you scat not, melodies. Not usually for my I've own stuff. Only not ever. for my own stuff. Uh, for my own stuff, I generally have an idea huh. of what it is that I'm sitting down to write. Uh, but even then, it's a completely different process because when Denise is writing a song, she's got everything, you know, down there. It's like, so here's what the song is. It's about these characters and this is what's going on and they're this. And I don't do that. I just say, um, yeah. uh, oh, there's, there's, there's a line coming to my head and, okay, that line could be in a song. Can I even play this? Uh, it's not that chord. Uh, it's not that chord. Uh, okay, it's 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 almost <laughs> that chord. Because I honestly, Paul, I really am that crap at any kind of musical theory. I will hear something in my head and theory. say, "Okay, yeah. what chord is that?" And I have to sit and play the chord because I can't. I just can't put them together. Uh, and that's why it takes me so long to work out what it is I'm trying to play. Then when I've got it, when I've got the tune down, I'll write a first draft of the lyric, and I will know that that first draft will have some rhymes in it which are just placeholder. You know, they're in there and they'll be crap. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then once it's down... Right, and right. Was, I mean, Tom Furby, for example, went through three entirely different songs. Uh, and yeah, at one yeah. point I'm singing the demo and I'm calling him Tony for some reason. Honestly, but the, the, the first, you know, like uh, Tom Furby ended up, oh, Tom Furby was a very special man, you know, that's that's how it went. But the first one was, uh, was it, yeah. uh, something and uh, he strode into the night. You know, it's completely oh, different. Yeah. I think I played yeah. it once at a Joe cast, the, the demo for Tom Furby. I think I, I, I think I remember. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I'm trying, I'm trying to, to, um, well, th- some of this came out of the the fact that the only songs I've written so far, or almost, I have a couple uh, bits and pieces of unfinished songs on, uh, that I that weren't part of a contest. But um, some of it's come out of the of the way I've worked has come out of the yeah. songwriting contest, where really you only get one straight uh-huh. shot at it. You know, you don't. I mean. At least with the amount of time I had to put into them, which was only counted in hours and very few of them, you know, I would generally get one straight shot. So, like, I write the lyric. Does that seem good? Okay, okay, I got to record the lyric and and write the accompaniment. And if the whole thing doesn't really work out that well at the end, it's like, well, maybe next (laughs) time. But I'm, but I'm trying to get into more of a sort of a demo mindset. Everything, uh, everything I do, where, like, I the, think of as demo. Uh, even, even stuff that I've yeah. put in for song contests, <clears throat> I think of them as demo. I've spoken to, uh, you know, the inimitable Mister Plume about this. Even during Foo, uh, all the songs that I wrote for Song Foo, I was not writing these songs thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to write this, this brilliant song here, and you know, everybody will this and everybody will that. I just thought, okay, this is what I've been asked to write. Uh, I'll write something about it. I'll hope the song will do well. I'm going to do as good a song as I can. Hopefully people will like it. But once this round is over, no one will ever listen to this song again. Seriously, honestly, <laughs> I, I've... <laughs> that's, yes, how, that's how you, re- yes, you reassure I've yourself and wrap every down single the, uh, song that I did for, for Song Fu. Uh, up until when I went back, when I actually won it, funnily enough, as disposable music. Something that was there, it was quick, it was snappy. Uh, I always looked to 
approach the subject from an angle that I thought maybe someone else wouldn't, you know, to, to, to make it obviously different. And the thing is, Tom Furby was the biggest example of that because virtually 90% of the songs during that round were slow, plodding emo songs because because they were about mole yeah, men, yeah. you know? And and I thought, okay, so they're about yeah, mole men. So right. what? What's the name? What's his name? Tom Furby, the Furby catcher. Right, so I'm going to write a song about a man who kills Furbies. You know, it was still about the mole right. man, but that wasn't what yeah. the song was about. Well, you you got to choose. You got to look at the list of names and pick one. So you exactly, you were you didn't exactly. but but you didn't pick one of the the dark the and and. Uh, no, no, but but the people did seem more locked into the fact that oh, it's a song about a mole man. It's it's got to be about a mole man, and that's that's how it felt to me. People had locked into that. The fact as that it's an alien, you know, alien creature so underground. It's very dark yes. and, and, and you know what, what's what's his name? Yes, and that's what most of the songs came yeah. out sounding like. This strange creature that lives underground. Well, no, you know, it's, okay, he's a mole man. So what? What does it, it say? Doesn't say he, does? he lives uh, lives he hunts underground. Yeah. Excellent! He hunts Furbies. Let's right. kill Furbies. That'll right. be great. Oh, it is. It is a hilarious. You know, song. Uh, the 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 um. Sherman's Lament song I did that was one from a perspective of a character and that's mm-hmm. really the first time I've a- attempted that so and you you talked about Denise trying to come up with uh, that she would give you the whole backstory yes, for a song she, she does it for everything she does it for absolutely everything which you know you, you, you can't fault her because Denise's stuff yeah. is amazing I mean even even the, the really dark stuff uh, Mercy Killing is yeah. very dark Invisible Girl is so layered it is unbelievable <laughs> Duality Cupcake Why is just such an amazing right. song but then we've done stuff with Duality uh, like St Andrews if you listen to St Andrews that is a chilling I, song I, it's absolutely I, chilling my, at the listening party which is the first time I heard those tracks my jaw was hanging open <laughs> i was fairly uh, but, i was but, fairly but, but, stunned but this this is what she yeah. does she, she you know she, she'll take something and she'll put it together and you just go oh my wow. god this this is proof of the divine <laughs> <laughs> it's proof seriously it's, it's proof you know? that she's very gifted and uh, she you see but, this but in even, her even poem. stuff she she's uh yeah. Oh God. That, that yes. She's a she's, she's a she's, she's a natural poet, and, and that comes through. It, it, yeah. But if anything, if anything, that that is her problem, and I've I've spoken to this about her before. She's got so much going on that she'll throw stuff down, and it will be buried under all the rest of the stuff that she's yeah. doing. You know, she'll she'll do something that is amazing, and then it'll get right. lost. Right. <laughs> you know? uh, but then uh, you know, on the other hand, she'll take something like. Uh, I had my electric. I just bought uh, one of those multi-effects amps, yeah. uh, a, a big Vox amp, uh, which has got like loads and loads of built-in effects and cabinet noises uh-huh. on it. And it's actually the first amp that I've had for many years. And it's a nice little one to have. So I just got it and plugged it in. I was playing about with some of the settings. And we were discussing, it was actually, we were discussing that, the, the round where we did, uh, you know, the five songs kind of thing. And... She's, uh, you know, I was telling her about my amp. She said, "Oh, let me hear it." I says, "I don't know if you'll hear it." So, uh, so I, I put my mic. I says, "What I'll do is I'll record something, uh, but I can't be bothered shifting my mic across. I'll just play it so you can hear it." So I played it with the amp at the other end of the yeah. room, 
it came down on a recording. I said, here's what it sounds like. She took that recording, you know, of a, a heavy rock fuzz yeah. guitar with me just playing what little bar chords I can. But I must admit, it sounded a little bit interesting and I might revisit it sure. and play it properly one day. She took that and integrated it into our track and made it sound like something from hell. <laughs> And and but but the thing is, if you listen to her song, you can hear it. And it, you know, it's it's not even it, it's not uh, even in the St Andrews track. It's a, yeah. the other one that she really pulled together, Triangle. Yeah. And Triangle cuts your soul open. Yeah, it's a dark song, and Honestly, you have this thrashing, agonized guitar. Yeah, yeah. It, it just looked like like you know, really ghostly in it the is, back. It is. Yeah. Just she's 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 got such an ear. It's it's it is amazing, and I am privileged and proud to work with her. <laughs> I, I have I have I, been I'm, too, and I was I, I was really sincere. pleased to be able to get actually to be able to get both of you on on my song, and her singing too. She we shouldn't uh, overlook the fact that she oh, has a a, not, a not really sweet uh, sweet gorgeous voice too, which she can also turn into something like double edged razor blades when she wants to. Oh God, yes, <laughs> she, she goes from you know little sweet Denise to hello, I'm your own personal monkey monster. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> But no, it's a, it's a, she's got quite a, a range of, of styles there. But I was really impressed with her harmony on, um, I mean, she could probably consider it to be a throwaway thing she did very quickly, but it it really worked for the song to have uh, to have a trio. Oh, on Peabody? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I mean, it, you know, that, it's something that I pride myself on doing is, be able, is being able to find a harmony. Um but she went places with that harmony, which I wouldn't have immediately have thought to have gone to. Listening to it, I'm thinking, oh, absolutely, yeah, good. That that that's a great choice. But it was beautiful. Well, I like, <laughs> I love the way know, the she, she made it. Her, she made her part just a touch mournful, you know. Yeah. Well, yes, yeah. but also. When it comes to singing the, you know, my life has been so ordinary since the day he went away. Yeah. She, when she's doing the, when she's doing the other parts. You can hear her grinning. Yes, yes. Yeah. You know, and it's like it's just she's she's just she, such an enigma. She really is. Yeah. She really, really is. Well, so we'd like to try and get her out here too. And she keeps talking about uh, about doing a little tour. But you know, we're all our lives are all more complicated and strange than uh, than we'd to, like. I'll be honest with you. Yeah. There, there's only there are only two things stopping me from heading out there and they're both probably the same thing as everybody time and money yeah uh, I could probably get the time easily ish but not nearly as long as I would like to have uh, and the, the money the, I'll be honest with you Paul see if I was to if I was to say Denise Denise we've got to get to, to Michigan she'd probably go right okay um, we'll do this and I'll do this and we'll get this and uh, right I've got the, the tickets yeah yeah <laughs> And I'd be like, "What?" No, I, no, I know. <laughs> but I, I, I just couldn't do that. Um, but the thing is, it, it, it's because I mean, I, I have no idea how big Michigan is, you know. But I know for a fact that you know, it's a very large you, state. I know, I know. But well, put it this way. Let, let's, we'll I think it's probably bigger than. How far are you? How far are you from Edric? Oh, about an hour and a half. Well, there you go. An hour and a half. That that's that's what ninety miles. Yeah, hundred miles, something like yeah, that. Yeah, nothing at all. Maybe two so hours. You've got Edric there. You've got Denise Travis. That's there. Yeah. Uh, they're you know they're both musicians. 
And if, if you know, if anything like this was going to happen, it should be in Michigan. Because th- there's yourself, there's Eric, there's Denise. Uh, and I, like I said, if, if I was coming over, I'm sure Denise would try and get there as well. Yeah. Uh, and it would be such a cool thing. It would be one of those points where I'm, hmm, let's see, I wonder how long my work will miss me for. <laughs> Yeah. Grace, Grace, what's that noise in the basement? I don't know. <laughs> it sounds like bagpipes. It can't be Joe then. He doesn't own any bagpipes. <laughs> can, can you hear a rhythmic beating in a kind of Celtic-y manner? <laughs> oh, mice. <laughs> we have very strange mice here. Mice in kilts. Uh, Paul, I, I have no doubt one of these days it will happen. Well, I'm you know what, I'm just happy to um to still be looking for opportunities to collaborate and to do this musical bit and that musical bit. And you yeah. know, uh, my life is is chaos and uh it's it probably is, yes. going to it's going <laughs> to become more chaos. We're having another one and um that will be things will I, I know. I was hoping to get it uh get it get us together before then. But it's not going to happen, and so no, it probably. <laughs> so we're looking at at some time in the uh, in the future, <laughs> in the future, in the fall or next spring or whatever you know, or yeah, next summer yes, or something. Yes. But uh, it, it but, probably won't be this year. Put it that yeah, way. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I I agree. Uh, but um, I'm gonna keep uh, plugging along and trying to find opportunities uh to do music and well uh, as as you know paul i've said it before and i'll say it again i am more than happy if anyone thinks joe could add something to this song i am more than happy to do so more than happy you love to collaborate with people i do i really do and it's like it's like i was saying earlier it's because you know it gives me an opportunity to to one do the kind of music or other kinds of music that I wouldn't have thought of doing. I like performing. I like recording. I mean, you know, as I said, there's a Denise stuff. There's stuff I've done with you. Uh, I've I've taken tracks by Jarrett Heather and put my own vocals to it. Uh, Travis used me on the Governing Dynamics song, song yeah. which isn't really, you know, it's not not particularly my style. And to be honest, looking back on it, I could have done that better. But it's still, I just like putting stuff together i love working in that manner the whole franken song thing we're working with like five different people almost blindly the yeah, best part of that yeah. for me was was putting the mix together i uh, was i was just sad and disappointed that i was just too uh too busy to to jump yeah. in with that yeah, well you know i mean i but, uh, I, I almost didn't make it myself to be honest i'm hoping uh to do another round of spin tunes if one happens because if i do enough of these you know each time i'll be a little bit better you know and uh maybe a place and maybe you know maybe uh make it to the final round at least so <laughs> well yeah i mean you know it could what, happen what can you say well but that's the thing you know it's oh joe this joe that joe's joe's one song foo yeah well we didn't get through to the the final of spin tunes yeah yeah no, we Spin Tunes was a was a bit odd. We were uh Song Fu was mostly people who were pretty clearly amateurs. Yeah, my my problem, if you want to call it a problem with Spin Tunes was that an awful lot of it sounded just the same to me. Uh, there not to to uh jump on them personally, but it was sort of a difficult position for everyone to be in to have 
people who were touring professionals. Yeah. Yeah. In with pe- pe- people, people who owned recording sh- studios. <laughs> yeah. In uh, up against some people. Who, yeah. Yeah. You know, like I, I, I'm sitting in my my living room, you know, with with a mic and a computer. That that's that's what so, I do my recording with. So it's just um, it's it just made it uh, it made the playing field a little weird. I mean, not that someone couldn't uh, do a great demo under those kinds of circumstances, and not that amateurs can't produce great songs, but you had the levels of polish in the production. Yeah were just radically night and day. And, at, at, and at the end of the day, you know, it doesn't matter what the song's like. If something's polished, you're going to take more notice of it. Something like that, yeah. yeah. Even, if, even if only because it sounds louder. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because of the compression and the smoothing on all the all the tracks. But uh, but yeah, it was, so it was a little... Uh, I, I don't fault anyone, and I loved some of the polished songs. I thought they were very good. But I felt like, uh, why am I competing against these people? You know, I, I, this I never not... felt, why am I competing against these people? But I did think, uh, you know, it's 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 the, the, the way of the, the the private vote, you know, that people can say as much as they like, oh, I'm doing this about the song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, anyway. And on so, that note. So, <laughs> you, yeah. So just, we should wind up, but you and I worked a little bit on a couple other songs together, a couple covers in particular. Yes. And uh, are you going to put these, um, here's the thing, I don't have those in uh, in good audio quality. No. And some of them seems to, to I can no longer find on, on your site. What ones? So, uh, what was the most recent? Um, the Paul and Storm Live Right, okay, yes. Song. Um, I have got, an album on Bandcamp which is hidden because it's an oh no I'm talking about it now and this was supposed to be a big huge surprise. <laughs> I I can edit this part out. Okay, right. I'll tell you I'll tell you about this, but please don't put it out. It's an album. Right. It's an basically it's an album of covers. Uh, okay, and it's stuff that you know I've done with other people that I've done by myself, and Liv is going on that album. Okay, I, that's, I thought there was something going on like that, but it seemed like some songs have disappeared. Right. To, to be and honest, I, I, I used to be able, I could get to them. Uh, for example, I linked to "Live uh, by Track" uh-huh. from my blog entry about that song, right. and then now, now that link is dead. Oh, okay. So you don't actually have but, the track. Um, no, so I don't actually have the track. <laughs> uh, I do. Which seems a little, seems I'll, kind I'll of sad. I'll be honest, I, I was so thinking actually, about, um, you know how there's there's like two videos of you playing it? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've downloaded those. And I was actually, oh, yeah, really? I was actually thinking of putting together uh, some kind of video of it. Uh, you know, like recording myself as well. But I, I'm, I'm too bloody idealistic. I don't know that you'd be able to, I don't Paul, know that you'd Paul, be able to sync Paul, those. Paul, please, yeah. please. Yeah. I wouldn't sync them. Oh. <laughs> but I'd make them look right. like they were synced. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, well, because I wasn't playing against any kind of a... Any exactly. Kind of a, all all a, I would do is I would put them on and have them roughly where they go in the song. And I would fill in any bits that yeah. weren't there with me. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, but I'm, I'm too much of an idealist. See, I, I've got I've, these great ideas for videos, 
but they're things that I can't just take my camera and go and shoot, so they never get made. I've got all these ideas for, um, you know, like uh, something very horrible, Bluebeard's Lament. Um, I've got some yeah. great ideas for a video that I could make. Den could, sh- you know, get some parts shot, I could get some parts shot, and I could edit it all together. And I've got some brilliant ideas for it, but I can't just take my camera out and get it shot. I'd have to get somebody to do it for me, uh, because I'd have to be in it, obviously. I'd have to get certain bits set up. And I've got the same ideas for Liv. I would love to get into... like a university science lab and record myself oh, sure. doing it, you know, uh, and then get, get a you know get get me get doing a all the place way with the big the big yeah, tables you know? or or a morgue. Would yes, be. A, a morgue would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but the thing is, it doesn't even yeah. have to be a morgue. A corridor with no, a it just gurney has to look and a sheet. Right, know, right, right. Is, is good yeah, enough. It's, Maybe yeah. with a toe tag. No, and, I, you know, I've got all these great ideas and I don't have the resources to do the things I want to do. And this is, a, yeah. you know, it's, again, musically, this is where I am musically. And it's it's it comes back to the same thing. This is why I like collaborating with people. This is why I like people who want me to collaborate with them. You are all wonderful. Um, because I have also, all these it ideas. Gives it, gives me an outlet, it gives me an outlet, you know, to get these things out there. Uh, and I need a little the, motivation, yes, yes. a little excuse too. And I yeah, need the same yeah. thing video-wise. I need somebody that wants to point a camera at me. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the videos that I've been doing recently are either home movies yeah. or it's just me recording the track, and then I just stick it together. Like the last, I I did that um, that little cover song, which uh, it's you know it's very rough. The whole thing. Uh, from sitting down with the lyrics, yeah. trying to figure out what the chords yes. were, to the to assembling the thing was about ninety minutes. I, so I mean, I think the you yeah. know the, the the videos that I've made, I've, I've not got that many uh, of my own songs uh, up there. I've got all you know you've probably seen it. My my band from fifteen years ago uh, is up yeah. there um, doing all the covers in the uh, pub, but. The, the videos that I've done myself, uh, f- like for, you know, like Odin's Children, the one I did for When You Go, the Jonathan Coulton cover that I did with uh, Jarrett Heather. With the fl- with the little fluffy kitten. Yeah, so, that. you know, the, the, the slideshow stuff, that right. that's easily done. But I think there's, a th- right. is there two or three? I can't remember how many there are with actually me on camera. Uh, there's there's um, I'm Your Moon. I did a shot I'm Your Moon uh, with a static camera. Yeah in my kitchen uh, the camera sitting on my kitchen windowsill with a I think it was a a box of fish cakes or something jammed underneath it to have it at the right angle <laughs> right right no I wind up doing stuff like yeah. that I'm looking for okay where I have this tiny little tripod I'm like where can I wedge yes. this and you know? um the other one f- actually usually on a bookshelf <laughs> or something the other one that I did for um oh no that's yeah I did I did one for still alive and I also did one for... That's that's right. You were in, you that's were in right. Still Alive. That's right. And the yeah. other one for um, Today's the Day. And they were shot in my living room with the camera, again, perched precariously on the, the arm of my armchair. The fish cakes. You know, that, the arm of my armchair. <laughs> lit. As you can actually see it. It's quite funny. <laughs> because, you know, it, it's like filmmaking 101. What shouldn't you do when you're filming? have a TV on right. that's throwing TV shadows on your face so my face is const- <laughs> face constantly changing colour because the TV's on <laughs> well that's hilarious I didn't even yeah good that. check check I'll that one out it's funny I'll have to, I'll have to look 
Yeah. But, um, well, I, I don't. It's easy to distract yourself by watching yourself is, on the is. monitor too. Like, but I try. I try. Uh, well, I see, have, I'm lucky because my camera. Uh, you can actually flip the screen right around so you can look at what you're shooting. Yeah. So yeah. I instead of Mine looking too, which yes, is instead good. of looking right at the camera, I look at the screen all the time. So at least I've got one fixed eye line. You know? Because you, yeah. you can't tend to yeah. drift away from it. Uh, so if you've got the, the one fixed eye line, it doesn't look quite so bad. <clears throat> no, I know like in, in my little video for uh for leaving Ann Arbor, my eyes are constantly yeah. darting. Back I and I forth. like and leaving Ann Arbor. Most... I really like that song. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad. But it's most of the video is really disconcerting because I'm constantly, uh, you know. <laughs> looking shifty. Looking shifty, literally. <laughs> like my eyes are darting over to see, you know, what's what's happening with my uh, with my camera. It's stupid. I, I'm, anyway. All right. I do like making videos, but the amount of time it takes is, you know, like the, the video I made for Columbia. Yeah. Um, yeah. I really, I'm I'm so pleased with the way that video came out, uh, but it took forever, you know, just just to get the because it was about an actual person and because it was, you know, it's it's a serious song. Um, thinking, you know, like th- this guy has gone to the moon with these other two guys, and these two guys are going to go down onto the moon, and they're the ones who are going to be remembered. Yeah, and and it's like you know, so okay, I can't make it pathetic because that's just you know. No, but it was actual, it struck a nice tone. I thought that's the thing, you know, and 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 the and the video. I thought I don't want to make the video pathetic either. But at the end, I I found this one picture of him, uh, and it's of him as he is now. You know, I mean, he's he's not a young man. Yeah, uh, and he's just looking, you know, like slightly off and slightly downward, and he looks so sad. And I thought that's got to be the last shot of this video. Yeah. And at, well, I'd spliced it all together, and you're putting in some of the edits and the the transitions from. Why, why uh, don't you? Thing, why don't I, you just tell uh, the listeners really quickly the the context so they don't all have to get on Wikipedia and and look it up. Okay. The, the, Basically, it's it's the story. It was the, supposed to be the story of a secondary historical character. So I figured, okay, what about the biggest secondary historical character there is? Someone who people just don't know his name. You know, I know many many people who are very very intelligent, and only two of them have actually been able to give me his name. The name of the third man in Colombia when Apollo Eleven went to the moon. See when the I the man who it, orbited the moon. It was confusing to me when I first heard about that song because of the space shuttle Columbia, mm-hmm. which is yeah. which is what I immediately thought of. And again, that that is something else because you know it's it's yet another thing which kind of detracts because then Columbia, which know? has been overshadowed, right? So that's the whole yes, point. That's yes. the whole story. Well, but of then the that, song. that's that's why it's called Columbia bracket Apollo Eleven. Yeah, bracket. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was initially just called Columbia, and then I thought, no, they'll think it's about the space shuttle. Yeah. You know, which was you know just horrendous, but. Uh, so I thought, like, so let's write the song about him. And I've read so many things about him, which says, you know, he was he was never bitter. He w- he knew that was his job. In fact, he did that job twice. Um, but I I what I've said on as I say on the 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 YouTube channel is that I wrote the song from my point of view, thinking how I would have felt had I been this man. 
Well, what else you know, can you I, do? I'm not, I'm not right. trying. Yeah, exactly. I'm not trying to put. I'm not trying to say this is how he felt. Well, sure. I'm thinking this is how I would have felt had it been me. Yeah. You know, um, and even you know, so, and it is in first person. You're know, like, will they remember me at all? But I do take great pains to say, look, this, this, this is not to say that this is how he felt. This is just, you know, I, I find it incredible uh, that he can say no. I did my job, and he was proud of that. And you know, good on him, yeah. because I don't think I'm a big enough person to, <laughs> to not, not to think, not be bitter. Yeah, yeah. to to yeah. yeah, precisely. And but again, this 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 is probably a very good example of the difference between myself writing and Denise writing, because I just sat down, thought, okay, here's what I'm going to do. And I actually pulled most of this one together myself, which I find found surprising. <laughs> you know, the, the, the guitar novine was all me. Um, so I sat down and I wrote it, and I just sat down and I wrote the lyric. I just put the lyric down. There were yeah. very few changes to my first uh, lyric. And then, I, so I put it, I sang it, I sent it to Denise, and she came back saying, oh my God, you've gone into this with, with his character and, and bringing in his wife like that, and, you know, you're showing that she this, and, and you know, referring back to that. And I'm thinking, Really? <laughs> yeah <laughs> and she gets really frustrated what she keeps telling me is that I do things naturally that people study years <laughs> to learn how to do uh, and I think I think I, that's I, true I, I, I think that's yeah. true your, your, your sense I mean it's not from nowhere it's not that you didn't study it it's that you didn't study it in a classroom yeah, you know, I mean, I, I, I think I, I don't want to, you know, come across as unbelievably egotistical here. Although, you know, I, I do like to put that persona over. Mister Lamb is dead. Mr. <laughs> Mister Lamb is uh, am, amongst you at the moment, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Do not switch off. This he <laughs> is him. Um, I do, for some reason, whether it's because I was brought up immersed in music and I seem to have gained all this knowledge by osmosis more than anything else, but I do seem to have an innate sense of how things should be. Yes. Uh, Well, how how they should be the way you would tell the story and someone else, someone else might do it differently. But, uh, but no, I, I was the closest I've come to it, uh, to anybody else talking in that manner. And please don't think I'm, you know, trying to say oh yes I'm just like this man but it was actually John Lennon John Lennon was talking about uh, somebody who was saying uh, you know well uh, when we're looking at uh, Nowhere Man the fact that you're using these particular uh, things you're moving from blah into blah and using these declinations here which obviously reflects to this and Lennon apparently said well you know you can can talk about it as much as you like and and tell me what it was I was supposed to have done but I I just wrote the song And that's how I feel whenever I write a song, and you know that's how I, I feel I, whenever I write a story or something yeah, like that. Yeah, uh, an essay. It's like I didn't, I didn't think about packing yeah, that into it. Exactly. That, that's it. You know, I, I don't, I rarely, I won't say I don't, I rarely sit down and plan a song. As I yeah. said, Tom Furby, three completely different songs before it was finally made. Right. You know. Right. I, I knew what I wanted to do, but I knew when I wrote the first two, they weren't right. Sean, they, they Sean Hurley had a comment songs. about 
uh, listening to your own stuff when you go back and listen to it and it's done and it's often very surprising because you oh, think God, to yeah. yourself you think to yourself um wow i really wish i could write a song like that that yeah absolutely. oh wait a minute I, mean, I, did. Yeah, I did how is that possible that, that song was in me that's yeah. weird it's, it's, when I when I listen to um, doing what makes you feel happy, yeah, uh, you know, and at the time I thought, yep, there you go, that's it. It's you know, again, disposable song. There it is, it's done. But when I actually listen back to it, that is the song that I wrote my very very first ever proper bridge for. Uh huh. And sitting listening to it, whenever that bridge comes up, I still think, yeah. <laughs> wow, there's a bridge in this song. And it works! Not only is it a bridge, it's a double bridge! <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I, yeah, I, and, but the thing is, I also do that with, with the books, you know, like I'm, I'm working through Scald at the moment, and I'm yeah, coming tell, upon... Tell us, a, take, take a moment. <clears throat> oh, yeah, well, plug, incoming, incoming yeah. plug. <laughs> <laughs> I I do write as well, yes. Uh, I, it, I've, I've said it on my, is it my Twitter page, I see myself as something as a renaissance man or like a jack of all trades and i want to be the master of just a couple yeah <laughs> artistically you know well i don't you uh, know what i only get uh, you probably think that i i know more about everything you're doing than i do but i actually am working mostly during the day and i don't sit on facebook and twitter for uh for endless hours me, me, and so i only I've, get I've stopped it i have stopped it but it's on my profile page on twitter which is the only reason i'm mentioning it here yeah <laughs> but i only get little fractions of of yeah. details so you yeah. you're this started out as as a nanorimo project well to be honest the the first the, the book that i'm talking about now dead yes well I've, I've written a book before that called sister of the wolf which is a an urban horror basically it's a basically a completely different look at the whole lycanthropy legend it's it, it is unlike anything else um in that genre i think uh, i've never read anything like it put it that way but the, the book i'm working on at the moment is the first one of what will be a trilogy uh and it's about vikings yay um this one's called scald which is s-k-a-l-d and that's basically the old norse word for poet or bard uh, and the person who takes you through the story is the scald of this, like this bunch of warriors. I'm trying to think, there's a skilled skiffling or something like that. The, there's something from Beowulf or something that rings a bell. Skiffling? Is it skiffling? Maybe. I, I, anyway, I, yes. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's not. It's you know, it's not that kind of thing. But basically, scald is the scald for this bunch of warriors uh, or you know, Viking raiding party called the Ragraf and Fianna, who are basically an elite band of warriors. And the reason that they're elite is because they're not your let's just run in, rape, pillage, plunder and run away again. These guys are actually drilled. You know, they're, 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 they're kind of like a, a, a small army. They mm-hmm. have, you know, they, they, they've got their tactics, they've got their positionings, they use shield tactics and things like that. Uh, they're just, they're, they're amazing warriors. And he is brought into them by his cousin. Um, and when I was writing this, it, you're right, it was... The reason that it came about, I'd, I'd been wanting to write it for maybe two, three years. And when NaNoWriMo came about two years ago, I thought, you know what, I'll get Sister of the Wolf pulled together for that. So I did. And for this year, I thought, you know what, it's coming up to NaNoWriMo, I think I'll probably do Scald. Yeah, well, I didn't... I, it, that wasn't its title at the time, obviously. At the time, I thought, yeah, let, let's let's write a story about this Viking warrior 
uh, group because it's all based around characters and people who I actually know in this LARP thing which I mentioned earlier about going up the hill and beating my friends with latex weaponry uh, it's a live action role play group it is not uh, reenactment it's nothing like reenactment so mm-hmm. what I did was I, I I thought what I'll do is I'll take these characters and I'll take some of the things that have happened in the game world, you know, which has got elves and dwarves and magic in it, and I'll write a story around that. And then I thought, you know what? No, I don't want to do that. I want to make it real. I don't want to have elves and fairies and, you know, lightning bolts shooting from people's you're, fingers. You're not, you're not saying, you're not trying to tell me that elves aren't, What? No, no, keep going. No, no, elves are real. I just don't want them in <laughs> okay. my book. Yeah, I just don't okay, want them in my good. book. That's all. Cause, all right. All right thank you. <laughs> so I, I, I actually thought... I to no. burn my enormous tw- <laughs> 12 volumes of Tolkien's History of Middle-Earth. Yeah. Yeah, but that's the thing. tears streaming from my eyes. I didn't want to, com- you know, hardly compete, but you know what I mean? I didn't want it to be that kind of a world. I wanted it to yeah. be set in the real world. So what I did was, I thought, how's about I throw in some, you know, actual historical references through it so that these these guys could be touching on the fringes of history and then i thought okay so who 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 will i put them with in which case i thought okay so who was around round i thought round about the you know 940 950 around about that time who was there i thought i wonder where eric or blood axe was because you know eric blood axe or eric the red you know that they were the, the the two viking warriors that people tend to generally think of so i'm looking at eric blood axe's history and it's unbelievable because it fits in beautifully to what I was wanting to do with the story for these guys. And the more I read, the more I'm thinking, hang on, this does this, he does this, this goes there. Right, that's that's something like what I was looking to do with this with this book. So I could actually hinge it on these historical events. And then I read more about his history. And then I read more about his history. And... It turns out that Erger Bloodaxe, when he died, was ambushed on the word of of the English king at the time uh, by this guy, and he was killed with himself, his son, and I couldn't believe this when I read it, his band of elite Viking warriors. Oh, cool! And I thought, so you oh got a, you my got a premise. god! So I thought, well, a backstory. There's, it all there's snaps a whole and snaps arc. together. Yeah, there is a, nice. there's a trilogy there. Here's the first part, here's the middle part, and here's the end. Uh, but even better, I thought, okay, so where are these guys going to be? And I thought, right, okay, they're Vikings. Uh, one of my albums is, uh, it's called Shadowland, and it is basically that kind of music. You know, it's it's viking it's celtic A, it's basically old, yeah. oldie-worldy traditional <clears throat> songs. And we d- we talk about, you know, the Ragraf and Fianna talk about being from Orkneyar or New Orkney are. Uh, I thought, right, well, fine, if we're going to be from any place, we're going to be from Orkney. And I'd seen some photographs of this place in Orkney called Deerness, which is just a s- strip of land which has fallen away. There's, there's a, you know, the, 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 the land route has fallen away from the mainland. So it's just this massive, towering pinnacle of rock. But it's grassland, you know, it's not like, it's, it's like a mini island, but in the sky almost, because it's not attached mm-hmm. to the mainland anymore. And I thought, that's it. That's where they'll be. And I'm, I'm thinking to myself, right, okay, fine. Dear Ness will do. Dear Ness will do. That'll be fine. And then I'm thinking, you know, is, is it big enough? You know, because there's maybe 50, 60 Fianna. Uh, could people really have lived there? You know, maybe it, is it too high? Is it, is it too windy? Are they totally cut off from the land? And then while I was writing the book, 
there was a Time Team special on where they went to Deerness because there had been an old Christian church on Deerness. So they went to Deerness mm-hmm. and they were checking it all out and they found out that it wasn't an old Christian church. It was the remnants of an ancient 10th century Viking settlement which they figured held maybe 50 to 60 people and my mind almost exploded (laughs) honestly I I could not believe it Paul it was like everything has fallen in place beautifully for this book Um, that's great I got in touch with a publisher uh, you know like an actual honest to goodness publisher uh, who are based in Scotland who do mainly you know Scottish books basically in and around Scotland a lot of them are uh factual you know but they're starting to move into fiction and I sent a couple of emails to them and they came back saying send us chapters so yeah so I mean you know it it might be nothing it might not plan out at all with these guys but it kind of comes back to what was saying I'm reading through the first draft of it now because you know the the whole thing the, the first third almost maybe half, was thrown down for NaNoWriMo so it could get to the 50,000 words. At the moment, it's right. sitting... Oh, it's way over that now. Way, way over the 50. It's It's gone beyond... Excuse me. It's gone beyond 120. Um, we're sitting at 317, I think, uh, paperback size pages. So it's a good size. Um, wow, yeah. And I'm reading through the first draft now and I will occasionally get to the odd paragraph and go, oh my God, I wrote that. <laughs> you know, and, and it's like it's it's kind of going back to what we're talking about. It is amazing thing because it's like you forget. You yeah, know, you, you, yeah, you you forget that you can produce things of quality, and that might be, to my mind, that might well be a bit of a a safety mechanism, because if you keep believing I will produce things of quality, I think you're kind of doomed to failure. Sure, you know, because right, if you're going right. believing that and believing that and believing that, if you don't do it, you know, where do you turn? You know. Yes. <laughs> so as I mean, yeah. you know, the book the book might come to nothing with that publisher, but everything just seems to have slotted together so synchronicitously that you. Know, well, that that's fantastic. I haven't I hadn't heard that much about it. I just heard seen your Facebook. You know, updates, you know what it writing, is, Paul. Writing, I writing, I writing. don't. I really don't want to to say too much about it because I'm really, sure. really well, that's, that's yeah fun. I'm hoping that something well I mean I, I don't mind talking about it obviously but I don't want to go out there and saying yeah Scald is coming Scald this Scald that Scald the next thing everybody is well you, you don't have a, a date and exactly, you don't have a exactly. contract and, and you're I've, not sure what you're going to do with yeah, the full I found text that out, I found that out yeah. the hard way with Sister because Sister has been sitting ready to be published for a year and the reason that it yeah, hasn't is yeah. because of all this problem with the IRS and trying to get an ITIN number and changing the, the way that you get an ITIN number while I'm applying for it. And it's just been kicked back again, you know? And it's like, oh, yeah, we're going to, it's going to cost another 50, 60, 70 pounds to get this number. And I'm like, is it really good? You know, is the book going to make that much money back? Right, you know? right. Yeah. And I, I'm really thinking I'll yeah, just it's... publish it and take the 30% hit because at the end of the day, I'm not going to lose anything, you know? Right. But just wait and see. We'll wait and see. Well, there's uh, there's alternate ways. I mean, if you don't uh, feel like you, it's ready or you're ready or they're ready for to go through a traditional publisher. Yeah, which um, is what Sister is. There's, Sister's going through Create Space. There's, there's serializing. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. There's, there are, um, I was telling uh, Sean Hurley, that he's written basically the first six chapters of what might be a, 
a 20 chapter sort of young adult fantasy novel uh-huh. uh, and uh, there's alternate uh, there's alternatives there's creative commons there's um there's uh doing stuff in audio too uh there's my some of my favorite stuff out in the world now are, comes from uh, escape pod and podcastle and pseudopod uh-huh. these are three uh podcasts they're actually paid markets so they don't pay a lot yeah. But uh, they do pay for material, and I don't know if they would serialize a whole uh, book well, in audio if, form. If we're talking, or if not. we're talking Scald, you know, like I said, the, the the thing about Scald is because I have the arc now, it's it has to be yeah. a trilogy. I I just, you know, I, I've written the ending of Scald. It's a definite ending, but there are definitely questions unanswered. You know, the the bad guys, as happens at the end of all books, where there's going to be a trilogy, the bad guy has not been gotten. One of the bad guys has, you know, one of the main bad guys that you think is the main bad guy all the way through it, but then you find out towards the end he's only part of the whole bad guy thing, uh, and one of the other bad guys isn't there, you know, so we need to find out what's going on with him. What exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then there's a, there's another bad guy who appears during the book, as it were. Uh, that That is an interesting thing, because I've... There's a guy in the book who is called... His name's Dominic. And he is one of the Fianna's adversaries. He's the captain of the men within this fortress that they end up taking at one point. And he and his men are attacked. They, you know, it's a total surprise attack by the Fianna. And the Fianna wipe them out. He runs through a burning tent which wraps around him and he gets badly burned. Uh... And he like falls down this hill and rolls away down, and you know nobody sees him go, so they think he's dead. Uh, mm-hmm. Now between there and him getting to a point where he's back with the rest of the bad guys, as it were, I've written this. Just, uh, I think it's actually some of the best writing that I've done in the book, which is about him what he does after he find, finds burned, uh, when he goes back and discovers the bodies of everybody that has been killed, how he basically forces himself to clean off all of this burned flesh from his body. Uh, yeah, you know. Uh. Uh, but then uh, a horse, which has been in the book earlier and its rider has been killed, just happens to trot back to where it had been. So he manages to get away from there, you know, w- without dying. But it's... I just, you know, I've written it and here it is. And when I'm reading over it, it's like, this is one of the bad guys. He's more fleshed out than some of the Fianna. Yeah. And, and it's like... Yeah. Well, that's that's how often uh, often villains are the most and, interesting But this, this is the thing, you know, I've, and I've, I've given the, the first draft to some of the people who are characters in the book, funnily enough, uh, and I'm, yeah. I'm getting such mixed feelings back about this one character. You know, my feeling is that just because to the Fianna and the people who are reading it and cheering on the Fianna, he is ostensibly the bad guy, he isn't two-dimensional. He's a three-dimensional person. Hence, he doesn't see himself as a bad guy. You know? it's a, and I, I hate to to bring up Nazis because people will just shout Godwin's Law and switch off at this point but if, if they haven't already uh, it, it's like you know the, the, the Nazis used to go around with little skulls and crossbones badges but 
you can pretty much guarantee right. that they didn't think of themselves as the bad guys. You know what I mean? Right. So, like, all right. villains, all bad guys, if they're, you know, if, if they're not like, you know, Darth Vader Emperor bad guys who are doing it solely to be evil. Yeah. Um, well, the phrase, the phrase is, everyone is the hero of his own story. Of his own tale. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, and, and that's, that's what I have kind of written by accident, is a bad guy who is just a normal person. Yeah. Well, that's good. It's not you know, a... That's well, a, I, that, and I like it. Yeah, I that's do. That's a better, I like a it. better book. It's I, I've been reading a oh a, a several series by a, a writer called Simon Green. I don't know if uh-huh. you. I don't know you, the name though. Um, he did a it's a series called uh, the Nightside Books. The mm-hmm. first one is I think a little something from the Nightside, and they're uh, light. <laughs> this is a strange description. They're light gothic horror. I guess. <laughs> Um, and they're, uh, it's kind of like they're, they're sort of guilty pleasure novels. Like you get through it and you're like, well, that was uh, fun. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of what they say about Chinese food. You're hungry again, 20 minutes later, you know? Right. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it's, that's not really true, but, um, but, uh, they are, they're kind of a, a, a guilty pleasure and I, they shouldn't be guilty pleasure at this point. I mean, I've read 12 or 13 of them or something like that. And they should there's just a, be pleasures. Yes, they should just be pleasures <laughs> and I shouldn't be such an elitist, but it's, uh, it's, um, you know, there's a, there's a certain cheese factor and a certain factor in which the nameless, uh, the, the nameless evils, the nameless monsters always have, uh, Icker instead of blood. Yes, and, I got. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so it, it, there, there, he doesn't shy away from uh, embracing uh, cliches and making them fun. Uh huh. So, but it's it's nice to hear that uh, that you've you've settled into a, a a mode that sounds like it's more character based, character driven. Oh, absolutely! That, that sounds absolutely. cool. Absolutely. Yeah, but then, so I look, the, the, I look forward I kinda to do, reading. I, I do that anyway. I, what people do say of my writing is that initially, you know, like for first drafts, when it comes to you know, like descriptive passages, etc., it's not that I can't write them; it's that they're they're few and far between. Where my books seem to shine, apparently, is through dialogue. Yeah, well, that's good. That's yeah. So it's young. It's difficult to write good dialogue. It's difficult. Anyway, um, yes, it's quarter it's, past one. <laughs> yeah, you need to get to bed. You've got work. I've got work, and I've got uh, now a mountain of dirty dishes to attend Yay! to, and some diapers to change, and no, no, Paul, I, some messes I hope to that's clean all up. right. I hope it's okay that you know all of those listening millions that are going to be listening to this are now thinking about me going to bed. I hope that's okay. <laughs> you know, I, I hope it doesn't blow up people's speakers or something I, I don't think so I think it'll yeah, be alright yes yes I do <laughs> <laughs> alright anyway anyway only the female the female listeners will all be will all be uh, moving on to their own inner fantasies I'm sure yes but, about uh, Paul doing dishes oh a, a real man he's doing the dishes I love him so much yeah yeah <laughs> and um and some of the male listeners, perhaps as well. Oh, well anyway, well, you know, we, we have we have made it fairly fairly straight that you're heterosexual. 
Uh, anyway, Paul, it's been a pleasure. Yes, it's been a pleasure, and I'll put this up. And uh, it was kind of long and a little unfocused and rambling, but that's but that's, that's okay. People will listen or they won't. Exactly, and uh, and, and we'll do it again anyway. <laughs> yeah. Right. Okay. Take care, Joe. Yep. You too. Good to Paul. talk to Be you. Be a pleasure. Yep. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.